0: Greetings, standard nerds. This is Christopher McClanahan of DeeplyDapper.com.
1: Tom Ciaramontia, (laughs) ThirdRailDesignLab.com. And on your local internet.
0: And it's time to... Release the... Kraken!
1: This week on Robot Kraken, we appease the beast with some exciting news from across the world of entertainment, comics, TV, and film, as well as reviewing or just basically yakking about the latest episode of Game of Thrones, season season six, six. episode four, and it was called... Uh, The Book of the Stranger. Book of the Stranger. No obvious connotations to the episode whatsoever, but we'll talk about it. Also, you're going to do a con report of your sweet, sweet convention experience. Yes, sir. All right, let's do it.
0: But first, let's find out what we're drinking with... I just forgot what it's called. The sucking, sucking the monkey. <laughs> this, is all, this is gold. This is
1: complete gold and don't edit a thing.
0: As you can see, Robot Kraken is the most neatly assembled and well-oiled machine on the internet.
1: I've listened to podcasts from celebrity, celebrity muckety-mucks, millionaires, and, and podcasts from famous podcasters who have hundreds of them under their belt. And it's the same business. Someone's smoking weed over here, and then someone else is like, uh, what are we talking about? And it's it's the same. We actually do it a little bit better. We we keep it classy here at Robot Kraken, I think.
0: I have my pants buttoned up.
1: You do, and you're wearing them, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's too- so, uh, sucking the monkey. This is our drinky drink segment. So, yes. what are you sucking on over there?
0: I am sucking on an interesting mix of coffee, <laughs> creamer, yes. Bailey's...
1: Yay. And some chicory. That's an interesting combination. Yeah,
0: and actually it, it's a hazelnut creamer, and it's my, my it's my creamer of choice from the Wide Awake Coffee Co. And I've never actually had their coffee, but their creamer is sublime. It is the yeah. best creamer I've ever had, aside from actual cream, of course, which I'm too cheap to actually buy and use before it goes bad. <laughs>
1: I think I'm going to give a name to your drink. It's going to be a spontaneous name, but it's going to stick forever. And it's it's the old hee-haw. That's what you're drinking. <laughs> I see. That's the old hee-haw. The old hee market. market. So what about okay, I mean?
0: Okay, I'm drinking the old hee-haw. Apparently
1: correct. Correct. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm drinking.
0: Well, what tell are you, what I'm you drinking, drinking, Tom?
1: There, there's a bit of a story. So, uh, recently I got into kombucha. Do you have that there in Idaho? Is that
0: that disgusting looking, like like somebody had dysentery in a bottle.
1: Well, it's no old hee haw, but it'll <laughs> do in a pinch, man. So yeah, I mean, I I heard about it, and and some some of the as. Uh, as, uh, as as was as was said in a movie, I love. It had a little that patchouli stink. So I, yeah, did you learn was, about
0: this at Burning Man? While no, you were there with, but, with our buddy not, Lung. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, sure. No, he uh, no. So uh, actually, my uh, in laws ended up having okay. it at the house, but I'd seen it for year, for years, last few years that it's been popular, and I've been ignoring it. Um, anyway, they had it, and I decided to give it a try, and discovered that I liked it because I like sour, I like a little bit of fizzy fizz, and I like a little fermentation. It was delicious, and then. You know, some fruit. So uh, I got hooked on it. And the thing is, I make it a little better because I add vodka to it. So uh, uh, it's so just imagine I, it's, a, it's a sour, fruity, fizzy alcoholic beverage. What could you have?
0: To I, about I don't that? know if I can actually still podcast with you because the image of that in my head has melted most of my brain. And dr- it's either going to be... Look at this. That's actually a Look lot it. sexier looking than I pictured it being. It's yeah, like a pretty glowing orange color.
1: Well, yeah, you see the you see the bottle and it looks like it's being sold in Yoga Studios exclusively. Yeah, what's They're the, what's the
0: sludge in the bottom of that thing? It looks like you should have eyeballs well, floating
1: in it. All right. So the, the part of this that you're not going to like is it's all active cultures in there. Okay, so there's bacteria. <gasps> Which leads me to my story. You're drinking sea monkeys? That's right. So you're <laughs> exactly right. So here's my story. Uh, once you, you know, it's refrigerated. So once you take it out, you know, you got to drink mm-hmm. it because the bacteria starts, it wakes up and starts to do stuff. Right. Um, well, I took this batch out to the garage, but I neglected to put it in the fridge. And so <sighs> the next day I went out there and I said, oh, so I went to work, asked a coworker of mine, what do you think? Uh, is it poison, pure poison? And she said, no, but it's going to be a lot more, um, you know, sour and alcoholic because the, the, the at- cultures will have continued. To, to develop, and I okay. said, "Oh, okay." So then I went back that night. So now it's been almost two days. Put it in the fridge for no reason. So now all I've done <laughs> is now stalled it at that level. Right? It's <laughs> they're so all tonight,
0: prepubescent sea
1: monkeys. Sure. So tonight I, I, I broke it out and I put some um, Tito's vodka in it. And I and here's here was the warning sign. Maybe when I opened it, it foamed over, kind of like if you shake up a carbonated oh, beverage. It foamed over, but then it just continued to foam like someone's science project from third grade like the oh, volcano. That's super it's just, weird. Yeah. And so so I still made my beverage, but what I want you to do quickly is Google how to do a nine one one call from another area code. Because if <laughs> in the seventh <laughs> hour of our podcast, if I if I'm unresponsive <laughs> yes. due to you know, he, heavy poisoning, I want you to figure out how to call yeah. my don't have them come to your house. If some sort of house.
0: foam starts leaking out under your headphones as we're talking here, I will <laughs> yeah. immediately message somebody and be like, my buddy, he was drinking a drunken sea monkey, and he's <laughs> yeah. there's something wrong with him.
1: <laughs> you gave it a name, the drunken sea monkey. I love it. Your
0: name's way better uh, than
1: mine. <laughs> well, no, I like that. But Here's the thing. If if you screw this up due to your old hee-haw sucking and the EMTs come to your house, then just point at me in your Skype Look at there, this guy. They'll, they'll get right on it. He's only 17 hours 17, later. Because <laughs> right. they wouldn't call a local, right? they just hop, no, in, yeah. hop in the truck. Pocatello
0: EMTs have nothing better to do than to drive to <laughs> Marin County. Or is it uh, Marin, so, County?
1: Mar- 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 <laughs> Marin County? Marin <laughs> County. Uh, that's like uh, when I was in uh, college and uh, well, 90210 was on and uh, everyone would go to the dorms. They go into the the little uh, common area to watch it, the, mostly the girls, and they and it would be on. And I and I and I walked in, and they said, they said they, uh Luke Perry and the other guy were standing with surfboards randomly, right? And the girls like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And they said, "Oh, we were just out surfing at Avila Beach." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh," <laughs> and it's Avila Beach, okay? That's the way nice. it's pronounced there. It's Avila Beach, and it's you know, 11 miles away from where I went to college, and it's, right, uh, you know. Uh, four-hour drive from L.A., so they weren't <laughs> just going back to Avila Beach. It always bothered Northern me in Maine, County. Every
0: everyone pronounced Oregon, Oregon. No
1: way. And, oh,
0: yeah, like everyone. there would be like, oh, have you been to the Portland in Oregon?
1: Uh, well, you know in San Francisco, uh, that's a hot topic, right? People walk in and they're like, hey, San Fran, shut up.
0: Didn't it used to be called San Fran, though? I mean, that yeah. was the nickname for it back in the day.
1: Well, So the, what, the when
0: did common, the, though, the backlash begin?
1: Hipsters, probably. The, the most common name that you can get in trouble for using is Frisco, right? Right. And why Hell, is Hell's that? Angels, well, the Hells Angels started using it a lot, and then it became this, this local pride thing. So if someone walked in from, say, Idaho and said, you know, well, I'm really enjoying the donut shops in Frisco, then you would get I don't know, chastised by the the mustache.
0: (laughs) They're like, I say, (laughs) I say, (laughs) I'm taking my monocle and putting it in my pocket and beating you with my cane.
1: You've seen the the Dream of the 1890s video, right? Like a thousand times, I hope. Oh, yeah. So I just rewatched it after like a year of not seeing it. And before that, I was watching it every day. So I watched it again. Uh, a couple nights ago, and I'm still the target market for that thing. It's making fun of me, and I don't even care.
0: Like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. It's not San Fran. Let me dismount my (laughs) Velocipede and show you what for.
1: (laughs) She even says that. Oh, it's like people are riding these uncomfortable single-speed bikes that hurt the back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Okay. So, I think we should talk about some news. News with... I don't remember what we call our news segment. Well, uh, it, it could be the thing we called. Need a Name for this. No, no, it's ro- oh. it's the Robot's Root. Robot's Root, there we go. We have a name. We have a name. It was further down the page
0: than I expected.
1: It was. It's a multi-page document. <laughs> All right. So do we want to do that? Or actually, do we want to jump before the news? Should we talk about uh, our unnamed segment where we talk about art and cons? I think we should. Let's
0: talk about art
1: and cons. Yes. Yes. Tell me about your, your experience that you recently had. Because well, I just got
0: back from awesome. the Cheyenne Comic Con in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Did the you meet him? hee <laughs> <laughs> No, but I did look up, and I do know who that guy is now. He's a handsome man. He is a handsome man. He sings and wears mm-hmm. suits and looks yes. swarthy.
1: If they hadn't canceled the Muppets, it seems like he could have been a guest on the Muppet show.
0: Don't bring that up. That's a sore <laughs>
1: subject. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about it with my cancellations neighbor. are, World are a harsh bitch this year. They really are. We'll talk. Maybe that's a news thing. But it uh, might be. My neighbor is the world's greatest Muppets fan. He was wearing a shirt that had a Muppet, the old man on it, and then he and and I look in his garage. Which was old man? White... Uh, the old two old men. in, oh, the, both in the old men. Gallery. Okay. Yes, and then. I know. Wouldn't it be great if it was one of them he chose? He's we just like, I
0: like Waldorf way better than Statler. <laughs> right.
1: And then while, he, while we were talking, I was fixing his bike in his garage, and I look up, and I and I, and I, and I focus on his shirt. i like, he's a real Muppets fan. And then I turn, and I'm on a swivel, and on the wall is a giant poster of all the Muppets. Nice. Uh, all in one, including Henson and uh, Oz as Muppets. Nice. You know, like everything.
0: I used to and have was, that
1: poster. You know the one I'm I talking about. I gave it to my
0: my buddy's daughter.
1: That was a big mistake. Uh, that's no. a collector's item. Anyway, I was, so he, it was. He abused. had some opinions about the show, and <laughs> anyway, so but that's a news thing. So okay, con Cheyenne. Con, con.
0: Yes, Cheyenne. I was really tentative about this one. This sure. was the one I almost conned you into going to, and then we're like, uh, it's an obscenely expensive con to fly to.
1: I made a terrible mistake. Yeah, you kind of did, actually.
0: I was shocked by this. So when I signed up for it, it's a first-year convention, and I contacted them. I'm like, hey, how many people are you expecting? And they're like, we don't know. It's a first-year convention, but it's a great market, and we think that there's going to be one to 2,000 people. And I was like, okay, that's that's cool. I mean, honestly, way? that's a pretty decent sized con for out here. For you know, it was an eight and a half hour drive from my house, which is pretty solid. So I yeah. I decided to go whole hog. We bought two tables. We got a hotel room, and by we I mean me because I was there all by myself. Um, and I was actually supposed to be sharing the hotel and part of the table with tj from the quad Ebb show uh who also has a comic book enigma that i'm doing covers for and then he ended up having to work and couldn't go so i wasn't super heartbroken just because i was going to give up part of my two tables for him and this meant i could spread
1: out oh yeah i understand (laughs) it's a win-win and you do you do spread out
0: i do and And my stuff it looked great
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you're still... – oh, this is a thing. thing that happened just now.
0: Um, so... so anyway, it was huge. They ended up getting over 20,000 attendees over the three what? three days. <laughs> what? And I think they do their attendance the way Salt Lake City used to do it where they're like, oh, well, there's 4,000 this day, 6,000 this day, and 10,000 this day, so it's 20,000. Yeah. But I know for a fact that just on Saturday there were over 12,000 people there. Wow. It was tremendous. I was shocked. And not only were there a lot of people, but they were, like, super friendly, outgoing. All of the customers were awesome. Like, I had people pull me around to the front of the table to take pictures with them. And, oh. like, my ABC book sold out completely. I ran out of both of my Labyrinth prints. And a good amount of my other artwork. Like, I had to rush an emergency print order today so that I have something to sell at Crypticon.
1: I was you, pretty uh, blown you, away. You, you met Velma, too, right? Uh,
0: yes, I met Velma in the flesh. I was next to a cosplayer um, whose name is uh, Jennifer Van Damsel. And she was super cool. We got to chat a little bit about what it's like being a professional cosplayer at these cons and how they make some money doing it.
1: I was going to say, tell me about that, because what does it mean to be a professional cosplayer? Well, you
0: know, it's interesting. Uh, She hasn't been doing it professionally for a while. It's just been, like, fairly short term. But she has – she's done a few cons. And I guess – I mean, obviously, they sell prints of their outfits in Uh, sort of photos. And then they take photos with people, and they have a little tip jar on their counter that are like, oh, give me money kind of thing, which Uh, I wish I could do. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't get any money if I did it now. Um, (laughs) But – She was super cool. She was really down-to-earth and friendly. And, like, we talked about some of the challenges of being a cosplayer because they're there as a personality and they're there as themselves. Whereas I'm there as an artist selling what I create. And while they create most of their outfits and that kind of thing, realistically, most of the guys that come over to those tables, and it is mostly guys, are there because of the outfits and the personality that they've created. And, like... For instance, she sold out of all of her photos that she called her butt prints. The ones where it's like the rear end shots kind of thing. Ah, yes. So, but it's interesting. She said she also has a Patreon page where she sends out like exclusive photos to people who contribute and that kind of thing. And that's one way she makes money as a pro cosplayer. I was wondering
1: if people were successful at Patreon. I didn't know. I, you know, I've never really done the research, but I've seen people make those pages, but I always thought, well, you know, did they work?
0: Yeah. I haven't, I didn't actually like check hers out. I, I meant to, but I didn't, um, but it's, it was kind of interesting to talk to her because she was really down to earth about it and, um, she, oh, actually I just went to her page. So Jennifer Van Damsel on Patreon makes $1,519 per month in pledges. Wow. She has 56 patrons, and she has rewards ranging from $1 up to... Let's see, what do we got here? Oof, okay. She has pledges up to $500 a month. Wow, and the five hundred dollar a month does not have anybody locked into it. Let's check that. She has two patrons who pay her two hundred dollars a month.
1: They so receive so that's, the, that's on the bleeding edge of questionable. It's interesting Maybe. to me. Yeah,
0: Maybe. yeah. It's so this is what they get for two hundred dollars a month. They get a twenty-four by thirty-six print once per month that's exclusive to Patreon. They get a one-minute personalized thank you video. If they're at the booth, they're invited to hang out with them behind the booth, chat, and have lunch. Um, Upon signing up, they get a cosplay book made exclusively for this tier that includes cosplay and modeling images. You get a special gift. They follow you on all – she follows you on all instant uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter – you get a 25% discount on Store Envy, and you get an exclusive print, a personal – oh, my good lord. The the list is actually tremendous what you get for that. I'm not even going to go through all of that because it's huge. So it's interesting. I don't know. The Patreon thing, I've never really paid that much attention to it. But I know three people now that are making a fairly steady income doing what? some sort of patreon thing
1: <laughs> so i'm not gonna i don't mean to sound like i was throwing shade at the fact that a female cosplayer with butt photos has you know a devoted fan base on patreon that are paying sums per month because you know we've done commission art and you know there are a lot of other things that people could do of any gender of any subject matter that could be completely you know, g-rated all Absolutely. the way to triple X rated. Who knows? Right. But what I, what I'm struck by from what you read, what you're telling me. And also what I've heard other cosplayers talk about. It's reminds me of that thing in Japan. The, 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 the thing where they go to these clubs and the people come and they're just your companion for the night, but it's like a cutesy first date simulation, right? But all t- you know, t- he hanging on your, hanging on your arm and you, you know, you're just chit chatting and it's completely innocent, but it's, simulating a connection that these people don't have right that's kind of what it's reminding me of because you know f- she'll follow you on social media and she'll send you all this stuff she'll give you a personal video she he or she whichever cosplayer right. We talk, right? right so it sounds like it's about you know uh establishing this fantasy that uh the people are buying into a um a a stylized relationship with part person part human person and parts you know the characters that they're that they're dressing as, you know. Yeah, it's kind of inter- I think it's very interesting. It's a very, it's a very contemporary thing.
0: It really right? is. It's interesting to me exactly what Patreon encompasses in terms of that because I know quite a few people on it now, and some of them yeah. don't. Um, do real successfully um but some of the other people i know are making even if they're not making a livable income they are making some money off of people that are fans enough to support them like uh is it glenn brogan that does a patreon too mm-hmm. that's got a fairly hefty uh significant fan base yep um
1: well that's what i'm wondering about is is whether the art you know the other types of art Patreon, like artists, uh, visual artists, and mm-hmm. illustrators, and, and uh, miniature modelers, and those kinds uh, sculptors and stuff, whether they have those kinds of successes, or if that's something that's more
0: like you get that personality base, right? Yeah, yeah I'm really like, curious about that. I'm, we may have to look into Patreon. I know a lot of podcasts do Patreon as a supplementary yep. income and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So we may have to look into it. It's interesting. But anyway, back to Cheyenne. Yes. Um, in addition to being busy as sin, um, right. I was up until like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning each night making additional flasks and finishing up items so that I had them to sell the next day because I was selling out of everything. This um, is nuts,
1: man. I love it.
0: Yeah, I was shocked. Um, like, I, I mentioned to the handler of Deep Roy, um, who's an actor who I really dig, he's awesome. Um, that I really wanted to meet him, but I couldn't get away from the table. So she went and got him, and when he got over to the table, um, I was slammed. Like, I just had a tremendous line of people. So he came behind the table and just kind of hung out with me yeah. and, like, was talking to people, and he's like, you should buy his stuff, it's awesome. And nuts. Yeah, I mean, it was happening? just so cool. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know who Deep Roy is, um, he played... Well, he played the Oompa Loompas in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and he does a lot he's of like, voice stuff in Tim Burton stuff. Yeah, uh, he was Keenzer in this in the new Star Trek stuff. Um. So yeah, he's really awesome. He's um, he hung out with me for a little while behind the table, and then he shook my hand and took my picture, and and then went on his way. And then I met I, met, I ran into Manu Bennett barrett manu again manu bennett again and like he shook my hand and i told him i he's like you look familiar but i can't remember why and i was like oh i'm the guy that sold you one of my dolls at a con he's like oh yeah mate and like (laughs) it it was pretty funny he went to the guy across the way from me who had some of his artwork on a shirt that he was wearing and he bought the shirt off the guy's back because he wanted the shirt that he was wearing it was pretty awesome but, yeah, I was a very successful con. Uh, it was really well run. The only thing about the con that made it a little awkward is that the celebrities were in this giant long room in front of the vendor's room. So for anybody to get to us, they had to walk past all of the celebrities. And, like, if there was a line, they couldn't get through it to get to us and that kind of thing. But yeah. it was, like, a minimal thing for them to really have to deal with. But overall, it was a really excellent con.
1: You've told me – you just said earlier that you had a line of people waiting to buy stuff from you. I did. So this is not the experience that we've had together at cons. Not typically, no. <laughs> uh, you so know. I've had two cons this year that I thought about going and I said, eh, let's be reasonable. One of them was the Silicon Valley con, which was a first-year con that we had Apparently, no idea excellent. about. And it was getting uh, getting slammed in the in the comic press for, right. from creators who are – Agitated, the lack of info about what was happening, and then the high price for the table. Right, and I said, "Well, I'm not going to risk it." And then I find out from people that it was insane, and then <laughs> Cheyenne <laughs> Con, which, Apparently, to be fair,
0: you were looking at money. at flight tickets of like six hundred plus dollars to come out.
1: Oh, I would have still lost my my shorts, yeah. but, but but just in terms of the experience, it would have been neat to. You know.
0: I would have certainly welcomed the help.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, who are we kidding? I would have been sitting there with crickets on my table while everyone was. You know, do you have any key hooks? No, but I have these delicious art prints. No. Yeah.
0: So yeah. you have a con coming up fairly soon here, though, that you're going to by yourself, correct?
1: I hope it's not too soon. Is it too soon? When is, is it? it well, I don't
0: know when it is. No,
1: I think all my stuff is. Uh... No, I think all my stuff's in September and October. Well, we'll, we'll, we have to get our calendar. So you're going to the San
0: Francisco Comic-Con, right? Right, Oh, that is in September. Okay.
1: Yeah, you have me a little worried because I'm making very slow progress on my new stuff. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) So is that before or after you joined me in Rose City?
1: Uh, I think that's after. Okay. Or maybe it's before. Maybe it's right before.
0: Oh, it is right before. Yeah, Uh, Rose City's in September 10th through 11th.
1: Right. So and it's they, going to be a very busy fall for me. In yes, terms of it these is. Concepts. We're going to hit three cons in, in just shy of a month's total time.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Which is going to be fun.
0: Speaking of Rose City, they've just announced uh, Summer Glau's going to be there.
1: Yes.
0: And a couple days ago, they announced Colin Bunn, who writes Harrow County, which is one of my favorite comics right now that you haven't read because you suck. Oh, um, yeah. They also announced that Eric Powell is going to be there. Eric Powell? Yeah.
1: Who's Eric Powell? The Goon? Oh, yeah. Eric Powell, of course. <laughs> I was testing you to see if you would respond in a kind way to my foe. Sir, conclusion. how dare you, I am 43 you, sir. years old. I can't remember everything, man. The Goon, man. The Goon. I know, I know. It's a formative pro <laughs> It was a formative project. I understand. So, okay. So, here's my thing. I need to get my stuff together because I have I have my little bots and bugaboos project to finish up. I want to bring those books. Yes. And then also... I still have my art book. I have plenty of volumes of that left, and then, and then, you know, ideally it would be wonderful if I could get one or two volumes of the, of my third rail source book. That would be excellent. The, I know, you know, I, I have people who've told me, get off, get off of your butt and finish it. Yeah. So, it's nice to know that there are at least three people who want it. So I should. <laughs> do that. Anyway, so yeah, I'm behind, but I have to just get it. I just have to find some time this summer to, to try to.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I've reached the point now where I've kind of decided I have to set aside my comic project that I was working on because there's Mm. no way I can get it done in time Uh, with the Kickstarter that we've got coming up this fall and the three novels that I was supposed to have published a year to two years ago. Right. (laughs) So I need to, to refocus my focus and work on those. And I'm not... I'm looking to forward that. to it, but I'm kind of bummed because I was really wound up about my comic. But sure. I've got to get that. But I mean, it will happen. It's just
1: like my. It's like my comic. I just had to stall. I had to stall because right. the schedule would not permit doing it right. So I need to wait until I could, you know, uh, put a little bit more focused time into it. Certainly, that's what I needed with sequential art.
0: I think that's really one thing that's like. There's two things that are important about drawing. Yes. Practice. Yes. And prioritizing.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> and those very well.
0: Yeah, and I think both of us need to do both of those things. Well, yes, not necessarily but... not necessarily practice so much as draw. I guess is what yes. I should say.
1: Well, you know, I was going to say. I mean, you, you've been you being really busy, like you have been with this con, and then what's been coming up. These are re- good reasons to be struggling to find time to work on the, on these other projects because right. you're busy. All and right. you know I've been busy with work and and kids and that's also a good reason. <laughs> so I, I don't lament that I don't have as much drawing time as I've had in the past. But I know it's going to come again. So yeah, and, I, and I'm I'm going to make room for it the summer for sure because I want to have those products. Ready.
0: Eventually, your kids will go to college, and you'll have time. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll
1: <laughs> have my heart attack. How about this? What if I were to even go so far as to put my website back on and put the merchandise store back on so that <gasps> someone who actually wanted to buy something from me could actually do it.
0: That's true. We That's actually have. still haven't posted any of our robot kraken merch on the, the shop either. I have We're been slacking. I
1: suck. We're super dumb. Yeah. Well and then, you know, I have the I have my art book available at three or four you know, three or four uh places online. But, you know, it's like the only thing Right. It's like the only thing my shop exists only for that product, so it has uh, no exposure. There's no reason for it to even be there. It's like it's there because I, I should have it on those venues, but those venues should also have 13 other things for me. So, we need to get our two.
0: shit in gear, Tom. Yes, we do. So, <laughs> I need to oh, take my stuff wrong. and consolidate it. You need to get your stuff and spread it out.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, so what I'm doing is this. Uh, I made some progress on my Wonder Woman uh, illustration for the TRDL Art Jam, uh i took it with me to the city and i was working on the ipad i think did i tell you about this before no i was working i was working on it in a cafe before seeing civil war oh yeah civil war. yeah and, and uh and, and then i was the working on it and was said, hey, what's woman. the wi-fi and they said Wonder woman i said this is exciting <laughs> i feel like i'm gonna make so much progress and then i promptly left it in my buddy's car and then i haven't been back <gasps> to see it two- so i've taken the time not having access to that that tool and the projects that were on there that needed completion. Right. To work on some other stuff, I did make some good progress on getting the bots and bugaboos stuff, sort nice. I of. Got, I got I got everything together that I need to pick and choose from. And I've also decided, I think, I think, that I'm going to do, instead of one book, I'm going to do two books. One bots and one bugaboos. Oh, nice. Now, if people can have one or the other or both. Oh, right? I like that plan. But they'll, but they'll bookend so that they could fit together and you could have them as a set or you could have them individually i think that is a very good plan people like choice and, and smaller price points hi laddie so so that's what i'm doing and then also uh i've done a few sketches for the jams recently i've been working on the most recent jam is the spider-man from uh civil war the new so spider-man uh, and then uh with black bits and and little cartridges and things. Which you're it's right. Hard. It
0: is. It's really hard to find reference for that that costume online, which really surprises me.
1: I can't believe it because usually by now people would have all their little handy cam fo- or their. I guess they don't use handy cams anymore, right? M- <laughs> oh, um, they would use their cell phones or whatever, and you would see all this footage. I've seen animated gifs of scenes from the movie that right. people have made that weren't in the trailer, but I, for some reason, I've seen no. St- no still imagery of the costume other than what was briefly shown at the end of that, that one trailer. So, right.
0: Yeah, it's really odd.
1: But uh and then also uh yeah, so I've done a few I've been working on a few pieces and then also I'm right now trying to wrap up a you know, I have that art trade on deviantart.com dot com and then also on, on our own site where it's like the only time I really do art trades. I like to just draw things for people or oh, take right. commissions or just draw what I want to draw, but this particular thing was about um, encouraging OCs you know original characters that people have created and so it's a it's a it's a TRDL OC art swap right? yes. and so I'm slowly going through the backlog of people that sign up for it I draw one of their original characters they draw one of the third rail third rail design lab universe characters right so I'm working on one for a guy named dead uh, dead De- 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 deadless he was the guy that I did some collaborative work with on the outcast. Um, forum, you know, that whole Battle Royale stuff. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. He's a cool guy. He's over. I don't know how close he is to where Joao is, but he's in Portugal. So I'm working on wrapping up the inks on a piece that I've had in various stages for him for like a year <laughs> working on this thing, <laughs> like in bits and pieces. I just keep forgetting to get back to it. So I'm trying to wrap that up this weekend. But Nice. So anyway, so that's art and cons. Yeah. And We're going to put a calendar on our thing and then also get our store together because we got to do that. We do need to do that. We gotta be, we gotta be legit.
0: Look at us being right. unlegit.
1: We're <laughs> being, we're being semi-legit, right? All right. So should we talk about some wrong ro- or some robots root? Not necessarily wrong. Some root.
0: Yes. Let's some do news some root. Uh,
1: news item. How about cancellations? <laughs> Screw Let's the cancellations. Start... <laughs> ah, so road. angry
0: about this. They've so canceled they oh. like every good show on ABC that I like. To watch or wanted to watch,
1: and they even killed shows that were hadn't even come out yet that I was excited about, right? But so, so I was talking to my super fan neighbor who's at they they sort of rebooted the Muppets show in the second half of the yes. first season, try to lighten it up. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes, Still well, didn't they didn't so
0: much lighten it up as they they brought back a little more of the Muppet wackiness that it was missing in the first part. Uh.
1: That's well, interesting because yeah, go ahead.
0: The, I I think the second half of the first of the season was really effective. I thought it was excellent. It was fun. They brought back a lot of the the fan favorite characters that they were missing in the first part of the season. It was. I thought they did a really excellent job. I just think it was too little, too late. Who was missing? Well, they didn't have Camilla, um, Gonzalo's girlfriend, the chicken. And oh, right. um they just had a lot of like background peripheral characters and like musical numbers. They didn't really have much of that in the first one and the second right. half they were singing all the time and screwing around and blowing things up and that kind of thing. That wacky. Well, that's exactly what I
1: thought they needed.
0: Yeah, exactly. The it was just a little too restrained in the first part. And people are like, "Oh, they shouldn't have made a Muppet for adults." Which is total bullshit because the Muppets yeah. have always been for adults. It's yeah. just that they didn't didn't have the wacky part of it in it that it was missing.
1: But they were. But the thing that turned me off of that first, the first episodes that I watched and I gave up on it was it wasn't just that it was for adults, but you can be adults. You can be aimed at adults and kids, which is what the original Muppet Show was. Right. The adults are like, well, those the band is stoners comprised of all these famous stoner magician or uh, stoner musicians right possibly magicians. magician and, <laughs> and then you know there's there was always re- there's re- the references to assembling a show in so much and pr- pretending to be this sort of vaude- vaudeville right. thing uh you know that worked for adults and for kids it was just funny right, right? but then that real that this this fresh show was so attempting to be like way years too late was attempting to be some sort of Larry Sanders kind of thing. Right. right? Like this cynical hot behind the scenes Hollywood thing and there's a divorce or whatever it is. Right. I I found it really uh it was sobering and not in a good way. It wasn't mm-hmm. even edgy the way I've seen some adult cartoon and 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 sculptural shows you know it looks like it's a, a kid' show, but it's a very adult thing, um, right. It didn't even have that tone. It was just sort of really weird and 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 tired yeah so when so when he told me that they had rebooted it and given it some of that punch back that they used to have, I was optimistic. But then, he, mm-hmm. but then I realized he was talking about what was canceled. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, you should go back and watch the last like four or five episodes. They're really good. Um, they've got some fun musical guests like Willie Nelson's on there, Jack White from the White Stripes, um, and it's it's just got a lot more of the Muppet fun in it that the first half was missing but that's all you're going to see so maybe you don't want to go watch it cuz then you'll be as angry as I am that they canceled it but maybe I not afford- because I can't afford to be that angry you're not as much of a muppet fan as I am but but they also canceled Gallivant which looks fun but I've never seen so I can't be super upset about
1: <laughs> I saw some I saw some of the early episodes that was a tough sell in the same way that I would have thought Crazy Ex-Girlfriend would be a tough sell mm-hmm. it's somewhat genre it's some musical it's weird and you don't know what its tone really is, right? Um, and it's almost like a musical Princess Bride, uh, but but more random. I don't know, weird. But yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, it was it was definitely a, a it was definitely a, a a cult show, and it was disappointing to see they got canceled. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the ex girlfriend that I mentioned is doing great and just got a second oh. season. So. <laughs> um, so Agent Carter, okay? So I'm super pissed. Yes. You, you could see it coming mm-hmm. because the they screwed that whole thing that they tried where they would uh, do S.H.I.E.L.D. and then they would do Agent Carter as the filler show and then they go right. back to S.H.I.E.L.D. It was never expected to last and it got a second season sort of by surprise, mm-hmm. right? Because it really was intended to be just a one season thing. And mm-hmm. then they continued it because it was it was so well received. However, it never really had incredible reviews or uh, incredible ratings. It just was right. – it was It was appreciated for what it was, and so they made a second season. so now people are all in, you know people like me anyway, were all invested in it, and the numbers weren't commensurate with its quality in terms right. of viewers. They, they screwed around with the schedule, and it was really hard to find it for people who were still do that, mm-hmm. right and then uh, you know it was on the bubble, and then it finally so then the word was a couple of weeks ago that she had another pilot. With also with ABC, that was uh, expected to be greenlit. So you knew that that was sort of the death. Ah. And it feels really incestuous and weird that the that the network, even though those shows are from different production companies, right? So they're really different products. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same network, and so it felt really like I don't know. It yeah, feels that's
0: super odd.
1: Yeah, it feels really shifty. It feels like the the people on people making Agent Carter and all the uh, other you know, the other actors and the production staff got screwed. Right. And so, okay, so Haley Atwell has another show, but really there's a lot of people affected by that. And, right. and unfortunately she's signed on to some other. So it seems like unlikely that you would have any chance of, of rescuing the show if she's already greenlit on another right. show.
0: Right? Absolutely. So what, what is her other show that she's on? Now?
1: It's called conviction and it's hmm. about a woman. It's some variation on a procedural, where a woman has some i don 't know some insight into whether people were wrongfully convicted and then fighting for their innocence or something so it looks completely uninteresting yeah I love her as an actress, and I like the way I like the way she looks and I like the way she acts, but i 'll tell you i'm not interested in that show whatsoever, and i 'm disappointed.
0: Well, that I mean, that means she's not going to have her accent either. So screw that, Con. Yeah, no, that's a really good completely.
1: point. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good point. Yeah, right. <laughs> and she's done the American accent on the show when she's, you know, she's trying to pass off as someone else. And it's right. very convincing. But, um, yeah, it's just a real bummer, man. And the yeah. thing is, it's not just that it was a, a genre show that we that we lose and that's disappointing. It's also... I felt like it was a really important show to have period. This was a female we've talked about this a female character that is complex, who's vulnerable, who's intelligent, who's daring but also scared. She's a real she was drawn like a real person. Absolutely. Yeah. Of either gender, which was surprising, but especially surprising that it was a female in a role like this. And that was part of the plot because of the time period that she is being constantly uh uh you know Put put down and and struggles because of the gender inequality in the fifties. Mm-hmm. So let alone today. Right? right. So it was very topical and yet, um, you know, creatively very interesting. And she yeah. did an incredible job on the show. And there you go. It's gone. Yeah, it's and unfortunately,
0: fun. that's people don't like that kind of thing. They want to yeah. see procedurals or vampires.
1: <laughs> I think so. Well, so there's a, there's this uh, change dot org uh, petition for yeah, Netflix to up the happen. show, and the, <laughs> yeah, and the, and the crew, the cast and crew are inc- are encouraging it. Right, she right. and, and the, his name that plays Jarvis. They're like, oh yeah, please do, be great because you know in some theory mm-hmm. pe- people are not a, they're not opposed to actors are not opposed to taking on additional work through on, for Netflix because they know that they'll just film it whenever they can film it and then right. they'll release it whenever they can release it and it has nothing to do with with uh season cycles right mm-hmm. so it's no skin off their back sure i'll take some extra backlog work right if right. you can pull everybody together somehow but I, the thing about it that i struggle with is that this guy said i think it was a guy was like I'm going to make this petition, and if a, you know, if you know, hundred thousand people sign it, Netflix will start the show. No, they won't.
0: No, that's not Netflix how it isn't works. is involved in this petition. Honestly, All this is
1: just a show support.
0: It really almost makes <clears throat> more sense for Netflix to pick up the Muppets in a lot of ways. It would be yeah, significantly I, cheaper for them to do. I
1: agree, but you know, anyway, I would love it if it did come back. I mean, I really did enjoy it. Um, I would love for it to come back with a higher budget. So that some of the stuff didn't look quite so, uh, you know, stage show version, (laughs) community college theater version of the 50s. You know, I mean, there were times when you could definitely tell that it, it had that stylized look of being on the back lot, you know? Yeah. But but like a lot of a lot of shows for TV are like that. Right. That's one of the things about whatever the WB or the CW or whoever it is, they started pulling off with Arrow and the related super shows was that for a reasonable budget, they were able to make it look sort of like a movie, you know? Yeah. yeah uh, and then, then you have the interior shots and it looks like any other, you know, CSI set. So I don't know. They, they spend their money wisely, I guess. Yeah. So I would love to see that show with a bigger budget and, and, and uh, you know, filmed in, you know, use filmed with real film and have that really great, sort of cinematic quality to it. That would yeah. be amazing. But yeah, that'd be anyways. awesome. Never, never happen. <laughs> a tear a tear a tear in my uh my drunken sea monkey. Yes. Trigger. And then also at the same time they did not pick up uh um, um Shield's most wanted. And that pisses me off.
0: I didn't even know that was did on you the, know about the that? At, No.
1: Okay, so there were two characters from the Agents of Shield show that are husband, wife or like ex maybe they got back Maybe they were officially remarried. I don't know. But they were sort of like ex, you know, uh, divorced agents, spy agents. And they Mm -hmm. came on separately over the course of the last season. One of them is Bobby Morse, who we know as Mockingbird. Right. But she's played by Adrian Pellicki. Adrian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, the former Wonder, briefly former Wonder Woman, and also everything
0: she's in gets canceled before it
1: starts. Yeah. <laughs> and who did she play in GI Joe? Was she Cover Girl? She was
0: Cover Girl, Lady Jane, I think.
1: Lady Jane. Okay, so so she's incredible, and she's tall, and she's very physical, and she and she sells Mockingbird.
0: Hmm.
1: She uses the tonfa and everything. I mean, she's great. She's so much fun on that show. And then her her ex is a um, he's a British actor, and he's he's like a kind of, kind of a smaller guy, kind of a wily, talk his way out of problems kind of guy. They have great right. chemistry together. They're really fun to watch. And so then they spun them off as so they wrote it into the show that they had to basically be um, disavowed. Okay. So they they went dark, right? Mm-hmm. And they they were supposed to have this show starting in the fall where it's their adventures, trying to take down Hydra, do whatever their their mission agendas are um but without any without any support
0: okay interesting
1: total cool spy stuff and at the last minute abc doesn't pick it up Hmm. so now i'm super pissed because i suppose they can write them back into the show but you know it was plausible the way they set it up it was actually it wasn't the worst it was it was pretty emotional and it wasn't the worst way to do a spin-off sometimes shows do spin-offs awkwardly especially back in the day right Mm -hmm. so i was i was looking forward to it and it's gone yeah that totally sucks what else was canceled? Anything that, else?
0: That, that actually sounds pretty interesting. Uh, you know, it seems like there were a few things that got canceled, but I can't remember what off the top of my head now. I, there wasn't anything It'll... anywhere near as interesting to me as Peggy Carter and the Muppets. Uh, the whatever. Muppets. We don't care about anything else. Whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. Next item. <laughs> yes, okay.
1: New items.
0: What's the I next don't... item? We... This the uh, what do we have? The, there's the new we, we, uh. Blah, 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 blah. Item.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, strikes again.
0: Yeah. Uh, they released a trailer for Kevin Smith's yoga hoser, which I'm only bringing up because you like sauerkraut and it has tiny exploding <laughs> Nazis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm so, like, I don't even know what's happening with that project. I have
0: absolutely no idea. It looks bizarre as hell,
1: but... I, I like Kevin Smith, but I don't always respond to his films. Yeah. And I've been listening to him talk up Yoga Hosers on his podcast for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I've read some stuff. I've seen some stills. And then when the trailer actually comes then he, he was about to go against the MPAA again about the right. ratings conflict. And then they backed off. You know, then the trailer comes out, and he said that he made it for for teens and tween girls, right? Right.
0: Yeah, he's describing it as gremlins for teenage girls,
1: which I can kind of, which kind of follows. And I think it's all about the fact that the bat, that the the threat in the movie are uh, little Nazi kielbasa's or whatever, like little Nazi sausage guys, right? Yeah, and they're scaled that way; they're little guys. Yeah, they're they're really definitely has that. He He calls them the bratsies, the (laughs) bratsies. So they have that B movie. It's like Chucky and these kinds of things, right? It has that B-movie quality to it, which is plausible for this right. kind of a project. But I still can't make heads or tails of whether it looks good or not. And then Johnny Depp's in there, as is obviously his daughter. but
0: And he looks wackadoo, wackadoo, yeah.
1: He does, but it doesn't look like the kind of scenery chewing that um, –
0: that we enjoy that from tim burton
1: <laughs> gets it yeah it's not tim burton style scenery chewing it's more like oh he just put on a halloween costume and it's just winging it right
0: know. yeah i'll probably watch I'm, it just because i'm intrigued by the nutsiness of it but yes ah, anyway it, next item
1: it's a it's a rental exactly
0: rent.
1: yeah uh, so uh, Gareth Edwards just left Godzilla
0: Yes, I just opened that screen to say that And you Did stole you? <laughs> my headline, you bastard
1: Sorry, man. <laughs> so uh, that's sobering Because I have to say I didn't have any hopes for Godzilla I didn't intend to watch it And then I saw it on the plane on the way to Singapore And thought, wow, this is pretty intense and fun Good good take on it was It was enjoyable, I it. yeah um, it, visu- it had a visual style And a tone to it that I liked mm-hmm. And that's all going to go away when the director leaves.
0: Yeah, I'm really curious. I mean, I'm I'm assuming they will keep the design of Big G, which I'm totally down with. Yep. But uh yeah, I'm
1: curious. I Sure hope... beats the Japanese one now. Oh my, oh my god, god, yeah. You mean
0: <laughs> the... Captain Cybertail?
1: <laughs> 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 Captain Cybertail. <laughs> with the mag with the mag wounds and the weird puppet tail yeah, guys.
0: and the come at me bro hands come at me bro I,
1: <laughs> like I said the last time I think it looks like he's preparing to carry the train that he always picks up <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: so there's a train carrying hand yeah I don't know about that one I'll so, be curious yeah, to see if they 20. add somebody different to it but I, I've heard that it's because he's concentrating on some Star Wars stuff instead and then some smaller projects
1: Yeah, he's doing Rogue One, and I definitely want him to spend all of his his energy and time on that. Absolutely. And then he basically said, "I don't really don't want to do two temples, so I want to do small stuff after Rogue One." I think that's perfectly fine. Right. I just think that Godzilla is the project that suffers for it.
0: Skype is being angry with your voice right now. Either that, or you just turned into a robot. I might have. Actually, you just came back.
1: All right. So Gareth Edwards, and then uh, what else? What else?
0: Item. We just found out who's going to be playing Doc Savage in the new movie. From- Ernest Borgnine. Yes, Ernest Borgnine is going to be in the new Shane Black uh, Doc. <laughs> holiday doc doc holiday fuck
1: doc, i day. give up
0: i give up dude
1: it's the old hee-haw, the old
0: hee-haw. doc wait, wait, yeah, savage. so that's a
1: shane black project. shane black dude
0: written and directed by shane black starring oh, the so rock in. as doc savage there is oh, nothing about that i'm not excited about
1: <laughs> that sounds great actually.
0: i am i would love to see him do doc savage i think that's gonna be amazing
1: sounds so that sounds so interesting yeah i'm I'm just on board whenever whenever shane black is doing something and also i tend to really like the rock charisma wise yeah that's great
0: yeah and i i can't wait to hear him chew up Shane Black's dialogue too because he writes some of the best dialogue in the business in my opinion especially like humor action type stuff and I think it would be really interesting to see him do that period type of period piece Yeah. so yeah I'm super excited about that
1: and that's Uh, really the
0: extent of the news I have do you have anything else
1: I do how about this item Uh, apparently supposedly apparently sources indicate that uh warner brothers is going to do a harley quinn solo film and this has been published by deadline so it's not like this is just on you know robot kraken website or something similar (laughs) you know this has been legit i mean it's been it's been back checked enough to where someone feels confident to put it on something like deadline right no official press release from the studio or anything but you know we're still months out from suicide squad even coming into theaters right that's August. Exactly. So uh, that that's that was kind of stunning, and I've heard, read some people read some stuff. People were like, "Well, of course they're going to do a Harley Quinn solo film. Why wouldn't they?" Bobby blah, blah, blah That's not true. We don't have a Black Widow film. No, we really so, don't. Yeah. You know, I think it's actually very impressive. I and and I, I don't want to sound like a brick grudging Marvel fanboy giving them some props, but you know, the bottom line is, uh, Disney Marvel is still struggling with the concept of giving a female character a solo film right. and then here's here's the WB I mean I think that they're throwing stuff at the at the wall to see what sticks mm-hmm. but they just wrapped they've just wrapped photography on Wonder Woman and they're right. planning to do a Harley Quinn film that's too
0: they're right? like well we can't really do movies that people are excited about but we're we'll do the the female led movies that people will get excited about that <laughs> yeah. actually have a little bit of humor in them <laughs>
1: Yeah, not that there's any pressure to not screw those projects up, right?
0: Right, exactly.
1: Like if Wonder Woman comes up, comes out and it's a dog, it's going to so
0: I really hope that movie's good. I don't even have any like real solid attachment to Wonder Woman or anything involved with it. But everything I've seen of it looks pretty solid. And I would yeah. just like to go see a cool period Wonder Woman movie. I think that'd be awesome.
1: And it's the period part of it that I really like the most.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I hope that's not like ten minutes, and then it's all modern.
1: Boy, I really, I, I hope so too. I think, and, that, and frankly, any time jumping is going to be even further moving it into the unfortunate comparisons with Captain America. Right, we right. got to, try to differentiate it. So, and they are right. like, "Well, it's World War One; it's different."
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there a difference between those two wars?
1: <laughs> uh, yes, apparently. So uh you know so there's really there's only one other thing well no, no there's two two other things i want to say quickly one old one hee-haw. is that oh that's that' the old thing. and it sounds good mm. that's an old hee-haw
0: dude i'll tell you man i the coffee i'm drinking right now <laughs> is a cafe de monde coffee with chicory in it and yes. that chicory makes all the difference in deliciousness i bet it adds a little I've bit had, of kind of smoky I've had pure woodsiness. Chicory.
1: I've had pure chicory and it's a little bit different but yeah um,
0: pure chicory I, I would not recommend but you can actually buy like just chicory root and throw it in with your coffee once and you know just throw like a tablespoon in with your coffee when you're brewing a pot and it's pretty solid
1: so the two uh things we could do quickly but Quick uh takes. the one similar to the issues of gender in hollywood and such but uh Shane Black is running his mouth in the pre-press for the nice guys. Okay, which we, you have to watch and then review, right? Right, but, absolutely. Um, uh, he's he's running he's running his mouth and he's talking about how early draft of Iron Man three, the female the villain was a female. Okay, and that uh, Marvel corporate said, nope, we can't sell as many toys if there's a female in the package, and it has to be a male villain. Really. And He's very careful to stress that this is Marvel corporate, which means it's the Ike Perlmutter era of control, right? Mm-hmm. And it isn't Kevin Feige who he says is, is the best thing ever about his experience and is running the ship great now. Um, you know, Marvel slash Disney is still having trouble with gender and how they treat the female characters versus the male characters, particularly with regards to anticipated merchandising. Right. However, that's – it's – I. You know, go Shane Black for saying it, for just being out there and saying, guess what? You know, we we were supposed to have Maya was the big bad at the end. Right. And in the end, they just made Killian Killian. And it would have been so much more interesting if Maya was the big bad. It would have been, yeah. And she was just sort of like she was there and then she wasn't. Well, and it was weird too because there was
0: totally this like weird vibe that it felt like she should have had something more to do with it. Because like when you posted that on robot-kraken.com, the place for all the news, um, I noticed like I'm like, I don't know who that character is. And I had to go back and I was like, oh, yeah, I really did genuinely feel like there should have been something more with her in that.
1: He wore adidas <laughs> so you know <laughs> right she's compelling just so i don't know anyway it's just it's it, it's frustrating to hear that because it could have been a more interesting direction for that film um and anyway the other thing i was going to mention is that uh more stuff's come out about rogue one some primers for the uh for for a visual story guide that will come out later so like a bunch of preview pages came out and in mm-hmm. that in that documentation includes photos that show more of the cast uh in full view as well as describing who they are and a couple of the highlights that i took away from it it describes some of those different rebels are that we haven't been able to piece together Mm -hmm. the fighters you know who they are but um the ones that i was interested in is they confirm that what's his name with the white cloak Mm -hmm. is not thrawn it's uh, a guy named Kressig, and he's some sort of military advisor I'm
0: totally okay with that uh, i don't think they if me they're too. gonna eliminate the expanded universe they should ex- eliminate the expanded universe no little nods and you. shit
1: i agree and and i'm really especially in the world of star wars where everyone's related to everybody and everything is everything is super spiritual and predestined everyone has to be a skywalker or a kenobi <laughs> right they're right. just who they are it's like the guy that uh the producer that tweeted last week that um that uh, Snoke, Supreme Commander Snoke, is not Darth Plagueis reincarnated. Now, I think he could be playing with words, so mm. we never know. But I appreciate the fact that maybe this guy is just... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Kressik is, uh, is is just a guy. And uh, it's unfortunate they show finally his full shot. And he's wearing black pants, and I'm pissed because I like monochrome. <laughs> and I I thought he was going to be all monochrome white, and I thought that was going to be dope. And now he's got black pants, I'm irritated. Um, and then also... You know, uh, Alan Tudyk is playing, he was doing stop motion or whatever on a droid, and they finally, and you saw it in the background. Yeah, they're running, he's
0: football. running behind them in the, like, when right. they're running through the base at one point there.
1: Yeah, and so he's now, now that that droid is revealed in the imagery, and it's called K-250. Hmm. And it says that it's a former Empire Enforcer droid that they have reprogrammed or something. Interesting. So, yeah, and it has a... The great old school look, and in yeah, fact, super you,
0: janky, and yeah.
1: If you look at that head, it looks like some of my versions of my wrong robot mascot, right? With it the, does. The, actually, the eyes, yeah, set low on the dome and having the weird mouth. So yeah, I'm super <laughs> dope. I, I'm am I'm, I'm stoked about it again. It can't come soon enough. So yeah. Uh, anyway, that's all I have. Right on. Before we dive into reviews, I just realized a glaring omission. Very sad uh, to learn about. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Darwin Cook,
1: Darwin Cook passed away. And how it seems so sudden, but it's only because his family made it known that he was uh being treated for cancer only a day before he right. passed away. And so we reel from that information that he's suffering from cancer and and we hope that he's going to recover mm-hmm. uh and then the next day he's passed and it's just it's, it's tragic. I mean, this is this is life and I understand that, but um this is an artist that well, my style looks nothing like his work, he's always been an inspiration to me. Absolutely. I think of him as the guy that took Catwoman back, right? Mm-hmm. And he helped create, uh, along with a few other artists, he helped create this simplified, old-school... Gorgeous. Uh, stylized, um, nostalgic-for-the-old-school-without-looking-old-school style yeah. that I really, really, really liked. And, um, you know, I never saw anything from him that I didn't worship, and I was just... Uh, earlier when I was it, um, getting the kids taken care of, I looked at my bookshelf and I saw my – I have this huge – one of those omnibus style, really mm-hmm. big collections of his – what do they call it? Like DC Frontiers or something. Like yeah, it. Frontiers, his version, yeah. His, ver- his version of the origin story of DC is sort of an Elseworlds thing, I think, right? I think um, so. It, it deviates a little bit, I think, from their – whichever version of continuity DC mm-hmm. is happening at given time. And now we have the new logo, so who knows what's going to happen with Rebirth. Yeah. But anyway – so I just was looking at that, and just it made me. It, I didn't even feel the urge to like pick it up and reread it. I felt a <laughs> pang. I just felt this pang. Yeah. So I feel. I feel for his family and for the artists that were close yeah, to him. He's
0: a genuine talent, and oh. his his mastery of scenery always blew me away. That his yeah. his ability to not only create characters that were super visually appealing and simple and cute. And charming, but the, the world they lived in was always so fully realized in a super detailed yet really simple cartoony style that just every time I see his covers and his interiors, everything about it just blows me
1: away. I acknowledge that Bruce Tim did a lot to make mm-hmm. the simplified but thick ink style yes. um, translate to comics from his animation work. But it's something I really associate with Darwin Cook is the little flourishes of the brush, of like a brush, having so much character in them. Yes. Right. No, no line spared. It's like Magnola does, right? Just mm. no line spared. Well, I should say the other way around. No line. In, no line is on the paper in excess. Of yes. The bare minimum necessary, and every single stroke has meaning. So anyway, mm-hmm. I, I feel bad feel bad i'm struggling to process it for some reason it you know i didn't know the guy but it hits me like i feel i feel a loss as if i did
0: i agree and from all accounts he was a super nice guy always yeah, friendly like- and happy and yeah i was really upset like i found out about that while i was working at cheyenne comic-con behind the table and so luckily i had that distraction but i was like oh I just want to go read some stuff, but I don't think I could read the stuff, but I want to draw. And that's yeah. something I take away from that, is that looking at his stuff always made me want to draw and forget yes. my abilities. And that's one thing I have to take away from him. Like, when Bowie passed, it wasn't like I was like, oh, I've always wanted to go off and be thin and act and be weird and have awesome hair and sing. Because I know <laughs> I can't do any of those things, but... I at least know that I can put a pen on paper and scribble something and try and practice and have some fun.
1: But yes, yes, I agree. He was inspirational in that way. It was, I want to draw. It wasn't the, it wasn't the, you know, this is amazing and I'm just going to sit here. Right. Um, I could never accomplish anything like that. So I'm just going to obsess over it. This is, this was a kind of talent that made you want to just go and do better. Yeah. yeah. And he seemed really close to some other artists that I really like and follow like dave johnson yeah so um i think partially that's why it's hitting home because there's a whole bunch of artists that i follow that are all reeling from this that knew him and they're posting photos from the from his wedding and you know it's just it's 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 that 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 false intimacy that 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 system gives you right but anyway so don't cook yeah
0: uh
1: anyway so sorry sorry to begin our uh, review of an uplifting and inspirational show like game of thrones with some, <laughs> with some bad news about um the passing of a comic yeah. creator but here we are so
0: yes tits and dragons season six game episode
1: four of, that's right game of tolls so chris <laughs> yes did you like this episode
0: i enjoyed this episode pretty good right it was excellent
1: a lot happened in a in a very short period of time which a is what lot i'm really enjoying happened
0: like i feel like we may miss parts of this show just because so much happened in this episode considering they focused on less characters than the last episode yeah
1: yeah 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 and so uh, so i don't think we need to do a synopsis because if someone is listening and they like game of thrones and they already saw it too Let's just talk about the things that we liked or that struck yes. us. We're, spoilers,
0: as always, with our review recaps of Game of Thrones episodes. There are spoilers here. We're not going to censor ourselves in that respect. Tom will smack himself if he swears because he's a weirdo. But <laughs> that's true.
1: That's true. And I'm am actually overdue for some for, for, for some smacking from earlier. But I used jackass. I'm not hair.
0: volunteering to. I'm rip, just gonna whip
1: you, Ooh. sir. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Kid. Okay,
0: for the record, right. all I see is your shoulder up, and that <laughs> motion is very inappropriate on my screen stop it. here.
1: You stop it right now. I'm <laughs> on this <Patreon> right now. <laughs>
0: So Game of of Thrones, I genuinely can't even remember where this show started out. The only thing I really distinctly remember is that this is the first episode I've watched legally watching it using (laughs) my HBO Go membership as opposed to like some other means or watching it via like a dropped shipment from a buddy that recorded it and then shrunk it down and then sent it over kind of thing. Yes, And I was blown away by how sexy it looks. I don't think I've actually watched Game oh. of Thrones in HD, like uh-huh. legit HD, in a very long time.
1: Yes, it's definitely a selling point for that, right? Oh my god, It
0: it looks so good on HBO Go, it's just super high res, and the opening sequence in particular and this opening sequence in particular did some interesting stuff, I thought, because they zoomed in on the airy, and they spent a little extra time there because we haven't seen it in a long time and then it like it was like "Hi, Kings Landing! Bye, Kings Landing!" before it even did anything. I was, it, I, I'm really curious how much time they put into deciding how much of each city they're going to show in the openings.
1: Uh, you're absolutely right, and you know it's funny because we have further evidence that the production staff of Game of Thrones have a time machine and they go forward in time mm-hmm. to. And we're doing our podcast because last week. We were just talking I was complaining about not enough area and where's there's little I want to know what's yeah. happening. Yeah, and uh, and here we go. So
0: And it was so, an excellent scene with Mr. Peter Baelish. It was,
1: it was. Um his little it's weird how this show has so many unhinged little shits on it. Oh my second.
0: god, it does. So,
1: right? So, I mean you know- this guy is scarier than than uh than Joffrey. Such because... beautifully
0: cast little shits, oh. too. Because this kid, a, he could have easily... There's, It's hard to pull off being nutso in the butso without being nutso in the butso. And this kid's got just the right level of like weird...
1: Yeah, he's like, on the spectrum. Yeah, attention
0: sure. deficit stuff. And...
1: Yeah. I don't want to suggest that people on the spectrum are nutso in the butso as you said but <laughs> he's a combination of seeming to be on the spectrum and also being unhinged yeah and having absolutely he's led,
0: no regard for other people
1: right because it's not just that he's uh, that he's got some it, it seems it seems it's not really on the spectrum it's something else it's 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 something worse it's, it's incest in the george, it's
0: george r r martin right. spectrum
1: right he's been he's been inbred or something he's got problems right uh, He's got deep genetic problems, and he's also been—he was being coddled in a weird, scary way by his mom, mm-hmm. and then he's now been manipulated by Littlefinger, and so yes, he's completely devoid of a moral compass. Yeah, and also he's, he, yeah, he's he's he's—he's—I <laughs> don't know the the the—if I want to say the metaphor is that he's in Littlefinger's hands because it's like too many hand references in one guy, but yes, <laughs> he's. Littlefinger barely has to even and what was so great about the scene was that Littlefinger didn't even have to I mean it was there wasn't even any pretense that he wasn't manipulating him he was looking right at the guy with the with the curious big man armor do you see that armor? Yeah, it, it, it reminded me of uh, of uh, Mobius stuff from Fifth Element, right? Like <laughs> yeah, the full, it totally weird does. sculpted giant shoulders and everything. <laughs> anyway, he's looking right at him as he's like leading the the king or the whatever he is,
0: and the, he's just the, like the... daring him to talk back to him, and knowing full yeah. well that if he does. Then young Robin is just going to straight up be like
1: Moon Door. I love it. So creepy. <laughs> the Moon Door is such a great concept. It's one of my favorite things in it, in all of Game of Thrones. Is the concept yeah. of the Moon door. It's just so. It takes. Uh, it takes some of the Im- the horrible imagery of walking the plank mm. and being, or rather, being keel hauled. Actually, <laughs> as I recently learned. In yes. in the D- Dapper Dispatches podcast, but <laughs> heel hauling actually entailed, and it's horrifying. It is
0: horrifying, isn't it? Um,
1: <laughs> Big drag, and it wasn't just that it happens once and you survive it, like in a in a movie. It right. just happens over. They give you just enough time to recover, and then they do it again until you're <laughs> right. so a lot of a lot of work goes into destroying someone that way.
0: Yes, it does.
1: Anyway, I love the Moon Door. Yeah, and, and I remember. That episode where he sent his mom through the moon door or actually um Littlefinger did. Right. I was like
0: And it's just a little on the it's it's a little bizarre too to watch that scene and think Okay, if they did decide to send him to the moon door, they'd have to like gather him up, take him to the area, take him all the way up to the area, and then <laughs> throw him out the moon door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> because that's right. what Robin would have demanded. He's not just like, oh, stab him or cut yeah. his throat or anything like that.
1: He must be burned alive first. We got to make a fire. Right, <laughs> right. Know? Let's let's yeah.
0: make a big fire here. Yeah
1: so that was that was great and i love seeing and i just think that the the character design for Littlefinger is just so rad i He's love his fantastic little, his weird nero collar and his long we, those really weird long tails that come off of his yeah. sleeves and it, Everything about his, his
0: color discipline. scheme is just so sexy, too. Like, you see the wagon pull up, and you immediately know it's him. He's got yeah. that that mockingbird symbol, and the, the colors are that real vivid blue, which isn't yeah. in that show very prominently. And so when yeah, it shows up, it's really eye-catching.
1: So do you think there's significance to the rare bird that he brought? I know uh, that there's symbolism with that clan, you know. Right if if there's something more I don't to know the if fact
0: if uh, anybody specifically has a gear falcon in it or not um i know it's a it's one of the largest hunting birds i believe if i remember correctly with the exception of eagles it's the heaviest falcon that uh, they hunt with and so it's a it's a big hefty bird if i remember correctly
1: i want to tell but, you two two things i never thought i would hear in my life are uh, hefty bird and the heaviest falcon. <laughs> Those hefty, are two things that the City Boy hefty, in the growing up never thought would ever. Hefty be bird about. and heavy falcon. Those are our <laughs> superhero I,
0: names now. I'm Hefty I just, bird. <laughs> I think you're right to something, man.
1: I'll be the heaviest. I'll be the heavy falcon. And it does seem. It really does seem like some. You know. Yeah. It, well, just, I grew up. I, was,
0: um, I mean, eagles were always kind of my. My thing, growing up, I loved birds of prey. And I had a buddy that actually used to um, recuperate injured falcons and things. So I'd go up and really? see them occasionally and oh. that type of thing. Um, and so the I never actually saw a gear falcon or however you pronounce it. I think it's gear falcon. Um. Before, but I it says did just
1: robot crack, and we make up our own pronunciation. Yeah,
0: of the uh, gear, as in gear, robotic gears. Of course, yes. it's a robotic falcon. Of
1: course, it's <laughs> robot Kraken.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I've I've heard nothing. I've heard nothing. I have no idea where that sentence was going right there. I'm looking it's, at pictures of it's birds true. now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching gear falcon videos on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pretty English women. Hmm.
0: I wonder if they wear like the the horse riding outfits, but they have leather gloves too. Yeah. So, I'm off to find a new fetish. You okay. finish this episode.
1: All right. Rule thirty four. <laughs> um, so what else? What else did we see besides the the, um, the pleasing return? Now, of, actually, though,
0: here. before we move on to that, I don't actually remember what the point of that scene was, aside from bringing Peter back. Oh, I do. Were they going to He's, support Sansa?
1: That's what he said. Yeah, he wants to, right. He wants to. He wanted the the young king. Is he a king of the area?
0: They call him Prince Robin. I think but... Prince Robin. Okay.
1: So he want he wanted him to commit the forces of the area and their alliance to head down to or up to. I don't know the map. They I show think, the map. I think Winterfell is
0: north west. Of the airy?
1: That would make sense. That yeah. would make sense. But he basically wants to march on Winterfell and get Sansa back. Yes. Or nominally get Sansa back, but also just, you know, march on Winterfell. Yeah, really. So I thought that was super dope. That's what yeah. I want to see. And I'm really hoping for armor with uh, like bird motif and stuff. Yeah,
0: I'd be totally down with that.
1: Um, and I think they're going to get their asses handed to them, but I think it'd be fun to watch.
0: Depends. What if they beat up with the wildlings?
1: Yes, sir. The, There's things the
0: seven pieces of Stannis the Manis' army that's still floating around out
1: there. <laughs> so speaking of, should we dump... I mean, I don't really remember the order of things. but we, I don't we either. Just talk about, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, Castle Black and that yeah. whole thing. Because oh, my I, God. I was initially really confused because I thought at the end of the last episode that he walked out of castle Black. i'm done yeah i'm out apparently that was coat just
0: coat. him walking into the mess mess hall or
1: something he's just like was, my watch is ended i'm getting some grub it's like he did that thing where it's like i'm leaving and he hit it he got the the coat closet right yeah he got out the door and he's
0: like oh i forgot my baggage <laughs>
1: so but anyway so that was a little uh jarring because i was like are we doing history again or what's happening but he was telling his, his buddy who he made, the, uh, the Watch Commander, that dollar he's... said: to, oh, Yes, sir. Yes. And he's saying, okay, I got to go. And obviously he's not thrilled about it because they really, really, really know that the importance... <laughs> right. You know, the, real, the, the real existential threat of the world there is on the other side of the wall and, and, and amassing. And, and I can so-
0: understand how dollar said would be a little put out by John, yeah. like, coming back from the dead and being like, peace out, I'm getting my hair gel and I'm leaving.
1: <laughs> and then on top of that, he's like, and also you can't come because I just made you the watchman. Right, right. <laughs> so, I gave but, you that uh, stinky old cloak. <laughs> that's right. He's like, you know, I did my duty because I'm dead now. Right. So I'm out. So, uh, but, so uh, the money scene for that, um, mm-hmm. for this episode, was uh, Brienne showing up. And it's like for a minute, it's almost like fanfic. You you forget for a second because you like all the characters. You, you mean forget Sansa? How, what they've done to each other. I mean, nope. yes,
0: Brienne no. did show up, but Sansa was nope. kind of the important part.
1: It was, <laughs> and, and and I agree. We should talk about that. But for me, the money shot was Brienne showing up and saying, okay, so don't think I haven't forgotten that you were party to the killing of my lord.
0: Ah, yes.
1: And I bled, I bled yours out on the field. And that was really interesting to me because – Sir Davos didn't know what the what the ultimate fate of of Stannis was. Right. So what happened exactly?
0: <laughs> Although that was awfully convenient timing for her to show up and distract him from asking the Red Woman about what actually happened to Shireen.
1: Yes. Right. He didn't get to that part because yeah, yeah that um, that's kind of a deal breaker for him. Yeah, it think. kind
0: of is. Yeah, like he he would be a lot more upset about that than Stannis. I would think.
1: Oh sure. Yeah, I mean he 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 adopted her basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
1: what is coming? I yeah, mean, oh yeah. But also, I loved how. First of all, I loved how she towers over them. Oh my god, and, it's so great! And, and how uncomfortable, um, the red woman feels. Yeah. And then also, I loved that the king of the Wildlings or whatever that one guy that's always Tormund chilling Giants for the, Bane. the What's the motel chain that he's showing for? The Super 8, dude. He was in six, six different
0: locations <laughs> in my hotel room. <laughs> I love it. Every time I took my pants off, Giants <laughs> Giantsbane was staring at me. It was disturbing.
1: Uh, for those listening at home, what we're referring to is when we did Wizard World in Sacramento, we saw um, placards that were advertising. There's some guy with a beard going, you know, this is a great budget motel for all these reasons. <laughs> they have creamer. Yes, Whatever. and and it I, we're pretty sure it's the actor that's playing the what's his name from the one the Wildling. It later.
0: has to be him. There's no right? way it's not. There was a a life size cutout of him in the lobby, and it looks. I mean, I could see his every pore. And it, if that wasn't a Wildling, <laughs> I'll eat my hat. <laughs> hat. It was pretty amazing to to live in the to stay in a Wildling hotel
1: yeah yeah Did you get yeah, it was by excellent
0: anything? no strangely, they just had waffles in the morning i what? I expected some sort of lamb or something on a spit, but <laughs> sadly, it was just although technically speaking those waffle makers are on a spit, you pour uh-huh. it in and then spin it, but uh, I was disappointed.
1: this is jumping ahead to the scene with bolton, but uh I liked when what's her name said uh do you plan on? And whatever, skinning me alive and then eating me, whatever. He's like, no. And she's like, well, then I've seen more. <laughs> <laughs> right. All those wildland cannibals. It <laughs> was pretty fun. I enjoyed that part immensely. Um, okay, so anyway, I really like Brienne calling her out. And uh, yes. that was neat. And then you're right. The big money, money shot was uh, Sansa um, finally From being... The-
0: First time in so long. Right, I was going to say reunited
1: isn't even the right word. Yeah,
0: the, the Starks, two Starks, been in the same room at the same time. I mean, it's right. been
1: since what episode?
0: Like season one.
1: Season one, and she, and it was, and in fact, wasn't even flashbacks. Uh,
0: like,
1: I, it's been too long since I've seen it. Well, now the I season one opened
0: with all of them in Castle Black or in Winterfell, like hanging out, and then Robert showed up, and the things I do for love. Ah! Ah, broken baby <laughs> all that shit so but that's I when they left if she for... was ever
1: on screen with him
0: yeah she was kind of a bitch to him like in the very yeah. opening part before robert showed up and then she left with robert and they haven't seen each other since then wow and i think she was like 12 at that point in chronological right, right. time
1: <laughs> yeah no it was pretty i mean it was pretty um it was it was it was very emotional Mm-hmm. And I was really struck by how, well, this is uh this is Jon Snow once again doing the kinds of things that get him killed. Right. His his honor or whatever, his his version of honor was taking sway. He was like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, and in, instead, let's go back and, and march on our homeland. He's like, well, uh, I really I really don't want to. Look at my eyes. I really don't want to. Look <laughs> right. At
0: my... I'm awfully tired.
1: My yes. <laughs> I still have these weird gaping wounds as jim white the musician says the wound never heals mm-hmm. so right. anyway yeah super super intense and believable like it was a great i mean it was
0: really good the emotion was really solid in that scene
1: i have to say, i have to admit i wasn't sure how when what they're painting sunset if they're trying to paint her like she's being an opportunist like come fight my war for me mm-hmm. or if she's like finally saying holy shit i got some backup we need to go back and Take it. Because remember, that was one of our criticisms. I... Little Finger groomed her, right. it seemed. And then all of a sudden it was like he just handed... And, and the preview for next episode suggests that that's going to be a theme. That she's going to be like, did you know when you handed me over to him that he was going to be a son of a bitch? Um But yeah, this suddenly seemed like the Sansa we were expecting. Mm-hmm. From
0: yeah, and I don't think it was that she's like trying to use him so much as she's just done with this shit. And... Yeah, in here's her opinion, a family member, it's time it, to take that it. place back and put this creepy bastard in his place.
1: Right, just like she would have if she came across Rob or any of the other siblings, right? Any surviving adult siblings, right?
0: Of so yeah, which that was there super... are
1: none. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it was it was super. It was it was really emotional and cool. yeah,
0: yeah. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool to see the the delineated amount of soldiers that they have. They've got 2,000 wildlings versus his 5,000 or whatever. Um,
1: Although that doesn't rule them out because wildlings fighting, maybe they don't fight in formation.
0: And they've got a giant.
1: (laughs) They've got a giant. And then wildlings fighting, uh, they really have to fight. They've had to fight for their lives. Yeah. 5,000 strong Bolton army doesn't necessarily mean – 5,000 hardened, you know, special right. forces type fighters, right? This is right. Just, you
0: know. And I, like I said, I, I did love the way Tormund kept staring at Brienne. I thought yeah, that was fantastic.
1: <laughs> that
0: super awkward eating scene where he's just staring at her, gnawing on
1: his meat. <laughs> which always works, by the way. That's oh, a, yeah. That's, a, a pri- that's my primary way of, of engaging with, members of the opposite sex or, or any sex really that I'm excited about is I have to get mutton involved. And once I do, they know what's up
0: (laughs) and intense gaze and mutton is all it takes.
1: (laughs) It's all it takes. man. Uh, I love that guy. So for me, I really do too. like. Like, like in
0: the books, which is something we've kind of discussed a little bit before with the, the Red Queen and her using glamours and hiding Mance yes. Raider and all of that. There was like a thought that maybe Tormund is Mance Raider in a glamour now. Oh. I kind of hope that isn't the fact. As much as I love Siren Hines as Mance Raider, Tormund Giants Bane is just too friggin' great for me to want anybody to take his place.
1: Agreed. I want him to be his own guy. For yeah. Sure. Um, so. Yeah, so that was exciting. Talking, yes. you know, beginning the beginning, and she convinces him finally to do it. I was, uh, frankly, relieved. I thought they were going to pull. It seemed for a minute there they were going to pull one of those like, "No, I can't. Let's have more scenes about it later," <laughs> you know. And then, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, I'll do it." Well, he got it. that letter, so.
0: Uh, that I think that's yeah, really the that's... thing that pushed him over the edge was that taunting letter from Dickie <laughs> McDouchebag. <Mick and>
1: <laughs> it was such a great letter. Like it was so <laughs> like I couldn't decide. I couldn't decide. Is he? Is it because he's unhinged, or is it because he's just trying to be a mega jerk? Because right. I love that. Come and see. <laughs> like, well, they didn't
0: include sad. a severed mem- member in the letter, so it was a little less taunting than the one to the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the to the ocean guys whose great name choice. i've forgotten now
1: great toys yeah there we go yeah that's right that, oh gosh that was we had uh, to talk about that scene that was right <laughs> he did send us a, a part of you <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah. oh
0: poor i saw poor what the hell's his name i can't think of it now beyond beyond thank you i knew it was. started that's with my a job
1: to forget all the names yeah um so i saw a thing on facebook or something earlier uh that was uh you know one of those image a triptych of images and the first one was um got his life back and it was Jon Snow and then got her eyes back and it's um Arya Stark
0: oh yeah
1: and this is hang in there Theon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's terrible it's a penis
1: joke Poor so Leon. <laughs> so should we um so anyway so she 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 roped uh Jon Snow into it, which is good. Yes. So, should we talk about the uh, the Greyjoys now, or what do you want to sure, do?
0: Sure, Greyjoys. Let's move to... Wherever the hell it's called. I don't know where they live.
1: Uh, the Rocky
0: yeah. Water Place. Portland. <laughs> portland oregon oregon so,
1: oregon so here's the thing I, this pike these that's these are about. the pike that's right these are the guys that i should love because it's nautical mm-hmm. it's got hey it's got krakeny imagery
0: right
1: and, and sea gods and and uh and weird rickety rickety ladders across tower columns of of rock and all this mm-hmm. really great vaguely scottish imagery right um uh, Without the grass, just weird. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, so, every aspect of,
0: of Pike and the Greyjoys should be our favorite part of the show just based off of our interest base. And
1: but yet it's not. It's really it's not. Weak. Yeah. It's
0: yeah, weak. Yeah. I've not. just been really disappointed. Like, even in the books, I had a hard time. Like, Like, I'm like, oh, I really want to like these guys. And then just cannot get into their storyline.
1: So, I don't know. Maybe they'll make it interesting. So far the most interesting part of any of their storylines was uh, the senior Greyjoy, whatever his name was, being pitched over the side. That Yeah. Was, I'm really... Twice. I really... He yelled twice. In the preview, or the the recap, I noted that he yelled twice. He went, ah! And
0: then went, whoa! <laughs> Right before he hit. <laughs> he had to catch his breath, man. That was a long fall.
1: He's old. He might have just been re-remembering that he was falling. I don't
0: know. He's, he fell asleep for a minute. It was like, whoa! <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> you know, I'm assuming that these are the guys that are going to get the boats to Denarius.
1: That's a really good point. I didn't think about that.
0: That's the only thing I can think of that they, they could have actually boats. have a legitimate part in this and yes. be worth bringing back this season. Yeah.
1: Good point. I like that. She needs boats.
0: She does need boats because they burned the other boats she got. That's right.
1: <laughs> and then and then uh and then Tyrion got to say, well, we're not going to King's Landing anytime soon. <laughs> right. It's a little quip a little quip with wine. So what else? Do you want to talk about marine? Let's
0: let's let's hold off on oh, marine yeah. for now and talk right, about talk- let's let's stay over here in Westeros and talk about she Dushime- make? Uh,
1: uh. Well, is there anything <laughs> more about uh, Theon, the Theon scene that we need to talk about? Nah,
0: not know. really. I mean, I didn't really. I, I like the girl that plays Yara. I like Theon a lot. But their conversation was really just, mm, I'm angry at you. And he's like, oh, I'm all twitchy and want to help you, but I don't really have any way of helping. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't get how she could look at him and think he would ever be any kind of competition for this except for the fact that he's a dude, mostly.
1: Well, that's what she was, <laughs> that's what she was worried about, though. That just on on the basis of his theoretical gender. Right. In yeah. so much as whatever surviving, that he would be just automatically given it to him. Right. I don't know. But then you, her, her crazy uncle is going to have a... So her uncle? Yeah. going to have some sort of weird little... The king's Little, uh, moot. Oh, that's right. A moot. <laughs> Whatever that means.
0: Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Let's let's talk about Ramsey Bolton. Oh, that scene shocked the hell out of me.
1: Yeah. It was one of the most brutal uh, murder death kills on Game of Thrones outside of the Red Wedding that yeah. I can remember. And it's all about the way that they shot it. Yes. That her body first of all it was I mean my coworker said she saw it coming. I actually did not see it coming. I mean, I figured he was going to overpower or something like mm-hmm. that there was going to be a struggle, but i didn't right. I didn't see the knife under the table thing right. and the neck wound, but it was so vivid yeah, and then really she was. lands right in front of the camera
0: and the blood you can see it pumping out and yeah you can see, I, mean, I was weird,
1: shocked at that, and it was that horrible, horrible, horrible uh gurgle that thing where she's trying to breathe yeah and she can't get any air because you know whatever she's feeling her lungs are filling with blood and so you see her twitching and twitching and yeah. twitching and it's just so bad you see her eyes you see her dying and yeah. it was just so brutal
0: yeah and that scene was super tense too because regardless of whether you saw it coming or not i didn't see it coming i assumed like you like you said that she'd get the knife he'd overpower her and maybe there'd be some gratuitous violent sex scene or something like that uh-huh. maybe or something along those lines but i did not see her going out like that because i really expected her to have a bigger part a little further yeah.
1: down, it's another is another um you know important character in that storyline yeah just immediately killed and then here's the other thing uh which is kind of i don't know if it's fourth wall or not but so I didn't recognize her at first because she was bathed in, in that robe. <laughs> right. I didn't recognize her as who she was until they started talking. I was like, "Oh, I get it."
0: Oh, right. He,
1: he cleaned her up. Yeah. And I like and I liked her line that was like, you know, they don't have they don't have women bathed if they're not planning on hooking up. <laughs> right. And that was a good point. Especially right. in a, a pseudo medieval world where it's not like everybody just has access to running water all, or not running water, but, you know, clean water.
0: Right. Particularly Photopod. wildlings. <laughs> yes. right, yeah, right, right, right. See, and I'm curious so. if she was pregnant. If she is what? pregnant, like the actress. um, oh, In that scene, the, the way the robe was hanging, it like uh, there were a couple of shots there where she looked a little bit like they were shooting it intentionally in that way, but it could have just yeah. been the robe that they chose to use.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Um, and so I just uh, it's, yeah, it's conspicuous because this is a show where they would have. I mean, other other characters would have been bare ass by now. Right, You're right, right. You're right.
0: And and she hasn't shied away from that in previous episodes, if I remember correctly. Yes. Like way back there, but, and it's it really yeah, like it seems to me in the Bolton storyline and the way they shoot game of thrones that she would have shown up in something far more revealing than a big, thick cotton shift and that kind of thing. You know, I have to
1: say for all of the, for all of the, uh, rhetoric about how game of thrones is so, uh, sensationalist and exploitative about its violence and it's sex and how it's, you know, tits and dragons, like you said, right. Um, I'm surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised at how many times they're showing female characters without being titillating about it. Oh yeah. In scenarios where other projects would have been, for example, and we'll get to King's Landing, but the queen wallowing around in her cell, another project would have had her robe slid up to the to the waist and and a leg exposed. Right. Or right. this character would have come in slave Leia gear or something like that. And it's interesting when they don't. And the fact that they're willing to show gratu- – not gratuitous, but graphic sex and violence, it makes it so that when we don't see it, I'm more aware of it. Just like mm. with Stannis not being shown, being killed. Right. I'm more aware of the fact that they chose not to because they're so willing to go the extra mile with the HBO-ness of it. Right. In <laughs> other scenes. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the way they shoot them, it's something – that drives the story and not right. And particularly in the later seasons here. And part of that might be that they've got all that criticism about it being tits and dragons, that kind of thing. Because some of the stuff in the earlier seasons were a little on the gratuitous side. Particularly yeah. what they were doing with Ross or Rose or whatever the 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 horror queen that oh, where right. she was like flashing her crotch to tear to, to Theon and that kind of thing.
1: It, is she the one that got the the, the the arrow to the butt? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not a good way to go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way they've been handling that end of things lately. It seems so like... So it's
1: conspicuous that she was covered up, is what we're agreeing Yeah,
0: to. yeah, exactly. And so maybe that was just kind of a story thing, but I did think it was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, good scene. I really did not see it coming, but at the same time theoretically, they were like, well, we really want to bring her back because Rickon's coming back, but she doesn't have a lot of time, so we'll just have her in this quick little shoot kind of thing, maybe. Yeah.
1: I mean, she's. A... It, I mean, it made sense in the story, but it was shocking.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was really a bit it for that scene. I mean... Yeah, it was.
1: <laughs> and the fact that he then resumed his apple cutting and had that weird... Yeah. That weird, creepy sadistical thing where he kind of has that bored look right I hate that look <laughs> you gotta go watch Mr. It's free time man I'm telling you it just blow you away how different he is <laughs> alright so what next King's Landing maybe
0: sure yeah yeah let's move down south to King's Landing and was I can't remember if Cersei was even in this one was she in this one
1: she was because uh, she and Jamie basically cornered the members of the parts of them. Well, basically, they cornered the, the members of the council and said, here's what's going to happen. You know. Oh, yeah. Tom, Tom where they were like, OK, we this. need
0: to take care of these. Right. these Tommy's been talking guys. to the
1: sparrow and they're going to make uh, they're going to make the queen do the walk of shame and the house Terrell can't ham- can't have that. So, right, you know, bring your armies and attack, and then what's his name? You know, the uncle will step down, and then have this thing happen, and then it'll be over soon. Everything will be great,
0: right? And
1: she's like, "Well, what happens if it doesn't go as you planned?" And she's like, "Well, you know,
0: <laughs> what happens <laughs> right. if it doesn't?" He's going to be fighting either way. Yeah, that was actually a pretty good scene. I think that was the most. Like, legitimately, smartly, like, combat, what, like, I cannot talk to tonight.
1: Huh? <sighs> blah, 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 blah,
0: blah. Right I on. liked that scene because I think Circe yes. kind of showed the most strategy in terms of, yeah. like, thinking ahead that she's shown in a long time.
1: Agreed. She, um, she, she was getting some power back and she was being savvy. Instead of just, yeah, you know, throwing her wine glass around and, and demanding, yeah, that people instead of take her saying,
0: serves. "You guys need to help me now," she was like, "This yes. is why this helps all of us by doing this," and I yeah. think that was really smart.
1: Agreed. Um, I really enjoyed it. I like that scene a lot, and I like I like what it's broadcasting because I really want to see the. I want to see Attack on the Sparrow. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that's gonna be an awesome scene
1: uh so also in king's landing there was another aspect of that scene that was interesting what was it the it was last episode that we saw that the new oh i know what it was i really liked that she came in and the might the maester Mm
0: -hmm.
1: maester is that what they call them instead of master yeah maester was Whispering whinings into Tommen's ear. Yeah. And then she showed up and was like... Mm-hmm. And then he... And I love <laughs> the pacing of the scene. He shuffled all the way across I the screen. I love leave. that
0: guy. He has such, like, <laughs> impeccable comic timing with his stuff. It's just so funny to me.
1: Well, and the thing is, it, it's, he just seems like the guy that's going to get stabbed in the neck in season one. And right. somehow he's just still... He's just still here.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, he's been like shaved and thrown in the dungeon and <laughs> all sorts yeah. of just mad <laughs> crazy things and he just remains there being this weird little shuffly creepy guy. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I did like that little Yeah, that was
1: neat detail.
0: Right on. And mommy. of course we had the scene with the High Sparrow and Marjorie oh, right. Tyrell. And I, you know that, that that was kind of a non scene for me. I understand that they're moving towards things with it, but there wasn't anything that's super exciting there except that uh, her brother looks rough.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then uh, yeah, right. And and she tried to do the 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 we're gonna resist scene or the whole we're gonna resist speech. And then he was just like, hey, let's make it stop, yeah." <laughs> you know, she's like, well.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only thing that and really kicked in there horrible. is that, yeah, he looked really rough. Like, to the point that my wife at first thought that they'd actually hired a different actor to play him. Because <laughs> he just looked so rough in it until he started talking. And, you know, it did show that, I guess, that she's kind of trying to con yeah. the, the religious end. But
1: Which I Which was neat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I... I Genuinely can't tell if the the High Sparrow is buying it or if he's just as manipulative.
1: True. But it, what's different is that Cersei was sitting there and just expecting someone to come to her aid or expecting that somehow her world, the, you know, the world she lives in where she's untouchable was going right. to rewrite itself. And uh, and it wasn't happening. So she's right. just outraged that this was happening to her whereas this young queen is is strategizing. Yeah. Is is taking stock of the situation and figuring out what to do. And that I liked. Yeah, I liked
0: that a lot. Yeah.
1: Uh so yeah, and you know, again, I really like that actress and I like what she's doing. I did do too. She she seemed initially to have a role that seemed I mean it seemed to be another version of what she was doing on the Tudors or anything else mm-hmm. and it it grew into something much more interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was it was pretty funny how she was rough and dirty but she was still just absolutely gorgeous she I mean even that. with her hair just filthy dirty it's like oh she's very striking looking
1: <laughs> yes 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 so uh, so okay so do you want to should we talk about marine yeah because we let's have, move we to have marine, marine and we have the Dothraki. so yeah I believe
0: do that's it right yeah yeah let's let's move on to marine
1: so interesting stuff yes (laughs) yeah it sounds like i don't think it's interesting but i did (laughs) what what did you like about the marine scene you know I thought you were going to just dive right in and then you didn't. I I assumed you were going go to talk for cheddar. 20 minutes
0: or so and I just oh. put in a couple of rights. But... Oh. 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 <laughs> you know, my favorite part about that scene was that little guy. I don't remember his name. No. <laughs> Pretty much any time Tyrion's yeah. on the screen, it's excellent. Um, yeah. And I, I did really like... The way he kind of half manipulated, half convinced uh, Masandi and Grey Worm to kind of go along with his mad plans. Mm -hmm. And in a way, they kind of like. They kind of played it off as him somewhat bullying them because he's the the queen's chosen kind of thing. Yeah. But the way this the scene was shot, I I got the vibe that they're kind of coming around to the idea that this dude knows what he's doing and we kind of need to yeah. go along with it. Yes. And I thought they did that really convincingly that they went from that scene last week where they're like this guy's a total lush weird little dwarf and to this scene where they may not totally agree with him, but they th- have enough of a vibe that he knows what he's doing, that they're willing to go along with it and actually lie to these guys about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and 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 it was neat because you didn't know whether Gray Worm and what's her name were going to back him up or not.
0: Right.
1: And they handle and they handled it each in their own way based on how they are. Like I. I like that he was just sort of like, "Well, I'm a soldier, and I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna throw you under the bus." Right. And then she was just gonna attack them, but she wasn't gonna necessarily uh, break ranks. Right. So I like that. Yeah, I like yeah, that. A I lot. thought that was really. But good. it was interesting. I mean, it was interesting though. Even at the time that he was making his proposal, mm-hmm. it did sound like a compromise that seemed very unDaenerys like, which was what was needed about it.
0: Right. I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those things that. It was It was very Tyrion, honestly, the whole plan. It was yeah. very calculated, and it was one of those that was literally designed with the idea that it's probably not actually going to happen the way it's going to, but it'll take care of problems for now kind of thing the the seven yeah. year thing is just not a realistic thing for these guys. It's something's yeah. going to happen before that.
1: <laughs> well, and and he didn't say it, but I thought he was going to say to her, to them, "It's not going to go right." <laughs> That's just what I'm saying. That's just the deal. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was good for them to squirm. It was an interesting pressure test for him yeah
0: yeah yeah and i thought it was kind of cool the way he dealt with the masters and kind of was like i'm i'm the i'm the chosen voice for the queen until she gets back and the way they were like so when she's gonna when she's gonna get back kind of thing i thought that was pretty interesting not as good Uh, as the last week's scenes but pretty good still
1: what's the name of the uh Of the advisor that is hooked up with uh Query Worm, do you remember the character's name? Is it
0: Masande? Yeah,
1: Masande, yeah, she's gorgeous, not to be confused with Melisande. No, correct, Uh, George R. R. Martin
0: repeats sounding names so much, it's ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, well, I mean, and, and there's definitely um. A precedent for that in most languages, I well, get that. that's very consistent, and when but, you yeah, have
0: 700,000 characters, and <laughs>
1: but yeah, anyway, she's she's captivating to me,
0: yeah. And Natalie Emmanuel is the
1: actress's name. I've never seen her in other things, but I've seen you know screenshots or whatever from her page, yeah.
0: yeah. and
1: it doesn't look like she was doing an a particularly interesting body of work until this project so
0: no she was a lot of the stuff I'd seen her in a few other things and most of what I had seen her in she was the the pretty girl that is like the sister of the scuzzy guy <laughs> yeah. kind of thing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
1: That's a, that's a good way of putting it, it yeah I really like so, her in
0: this I think she's got a lot of poise and she's got a lot of screen presence honestly like she's, she
1: really
0: does I, yeah she doesn't I like her I hope they keep her around I hope they don't stab her in the neck and let her bleed out on the floor or something oh
1: <laughs> and she does broadcast as a um as a as a freed slave like she does yes. have this really great I, I loved her thing, the whole thing about like, well, seven years to a slave is a lifetime. What you've had, yeah. what you just promised is, up, you know, is beyond the pale.
0: And that's one character that I'm really glad they changed the way they did. Because in the book, she's like 12. ooh, And she's a much more of kind of a young, like just more of a... I translate things for you and that's about all I do kind of thing. Like she's smart, but she's like a smart 12 year old that translates kind of thing. Whereas this character has some emotion and some depth and you can sympathize with the way she feels about being a slave and everything else. Yeah. And you can understand why she's so dedicated to Daenerys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. She, she sells post, She's she's She sells uh, post-slave, but also from the cast of slavery where she had a use. Yeah. Like, she wasn't labor; She was an advisor or a translator or, you know, yeah, a liaison. Yeah, she was liaison. a fancy slave. She was a fancy slave. That's the <laughs> thing that you said in our podcast. It's got to be taken out of context by someone somewhere. <laughs>
0: the title um, of our podcast, no. <laughs> <laughs> she was a fancy slave. Please don't. I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs>
1: So, I make no promises in my title. I just don't think it's good for our iTunes reading. <laughs> Episode 14 or whatever. She was a fancy slave. Please don't. But anyway, so.
0: Often, ladies and gentlemen, when Tom says please, the opposite <laughs> <It> happens. There's <happens. laughs> <laughs> so a really they- long, drawn-out Facebook conversation and. <laughs> yeah, and then it happens anyway.
1: So. Shall we move on to the, the big moment?
0: Lad, the last scene in the episode. Probably the only scene we're talking about in order in, that it showed up on the episode.
1: Clearly, <laughs> the most important thing that we saw in yes. this entire episode and possibly this entire series yes. is that push comes to shove. And we have two guys invading a, an occupied urban area. They will follow the trope of a thousand B-movies before them, <laughs> and they will quickly jerk from one little alcove to another. Right. Hoping not to be seen from <laughs> any number of vantage points that they can't predict. <laughs> It was it was painful.
0: It really was, and like the whole shot with them, like give up your blades. I don't give up my blades. Okay, I'll put up my blade. Oh, I kept my blade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> although, although his thing, his thing with the blade with the with the girl on it as the as the as the handle was funny to me. Right. That's again a season six humor moment that we didn't get before. Right, um, but. Yeah, and and I have to keep reminding myself that that guy is a recast, like the worst recast, because yeah. he doesn't look anything like the character originally, the the one that became. Didn't he become Hitman? After yeah, this? he was
0: in Hitman. He was in Daredevil or Deadpool.
1: And Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, so he doesn't look anything like the no. character looked originally, but um, and that still jarring to me because it doesn't feel like it's the same guy. Yeah,
0: right? and this guy's just so ordinary looking.
1: he's just like i'm Dario.
0: i've got a beard and i have some eyebrows (laughs) that's all i've got going whereas the other guy was like super unusual looking he had a really sharp jawline and a big chin and yeah whereas yeah strange
1: (laughs) the uh yes the, the 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 previous guy looked like a roman yes this guy looks like someone's player character and that's (laughs) <laughs> something that comes up for me from time to time on Game of Thrones is that I fall, some part of my brain falls back into Dungeons and Dragons days, and so like this guy was like some guy, some player's super badass ranger, right? You know, it's got a couple plus three's or something going on. Well, and that's it's, just what he's coming off like. It's
0: so weird too, because like in the book. This dude's super flamboyant. He's got, like, a dyed purple beard with, like, yellow tips huh? and gold teeth. And... What? Oh, yeah. He's, like, like no. the most flamboyant, like, like Pirates of Darkwater pirate you could possibly imagine kind of thing. And they never really? really showed him in this, but the first guy at least had a little bit of that swarthy cockiness going on.
1: He did. And uh, this is the thing where you or taking advantage of someone like me who didn't read the books and you're making up stuff to try to get me to believe <laughs> you. purple beard with gold tips. Yeah. Like, it sounds like something my daughter would paint over one of my drawings. I love it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, he did literally look like your daughter colored him according to the books. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he saw the grayscale. The yes.
0: Screen. Oh yeah, he did. I forgot about that because that scene was, eh. <laughs>
1: He he didn't, he didn't say anything. He didn't, it wasn't a big thing other than he was like, I'll do, you know, I'll, whatever it was, I'll do it. The
0: only thing that I happened to notice about that was that he seemed to get a lot cockier about talking about having sex with Daenerys after he knew that Jorah could never possibly do that. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I don't know if that was just him being a
1: dick. (laughs) It's just, it's just old subject, dude. Get over it. Right. I don't know why he's so insecure about, like, why he has to keep bringing it up. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it one of those things.
0: Yeah. It really is. It's one of those things where he feels super insecure about it because he's not sure if it's ever going to happen with him and her again, I think.
1: I agree. Um, so we have the final thing where the, I forget the terminology, but the, all of the, 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 the cows. Yes. The cows. Yeah. The cows have come together in the, uh the widow hut yeah, the the temple <laughs> of the dashkaleen that's right, and they're supposedly what is there, they're there to just this does this happen periodically they yeah' come together yeah the tribes, and yeah, the tribes are all family family there
0: business. for yeah they're there for some sort of like yearly or seasonal get together where they drink and screw and beat each other with rocks and that kind of thing and they discuss new business i guess um in the dothraki style the meeting
1: of the family clans right yeah so and then they do it is it is it i don't know either in the books or in your interpretation of what we saw is it typical that they would do that that business in the in the widow in the widow tent because isn't that where they were
0: Yeah, they were in the widow's tent, and I don't know if it's just because it happened to be, like, the biggest building in the middle of the town kind of thing. But it is weird that they're like, all you women that aren't supposed to leave this building, get out of this building while we talk. (laughs) And
1: (laughs) and even before, she and her new pal were like, let's go for a pee walk. Right, right. As my kids say, let's go. Can you be my my bathroom buddy? (laughs) Hold me while I squat. Yeah. I I did like I did like that she didn't betray her; that she actually followed. I did like the,
0: that too. Yeah, that I was, was
1: expecting her to do the the point and scream thing.
0: Right. Yeah. This the whole last scene, at least that portion, seemed really awkward, and it didn't seem like it was even written by the same people that wrote the rest of the episode. It it had a little bit of kind of a bumbly spy thing, and yeah, it was really kind of odd. And in the books, uh, going back to your question, they they talk about that meeting originally when she was with called Drogo because that's where they were headed when he was going to be like, I'll oh, assemble all the horsemen and we'll get on the, the boats and we'll go across the seas. Moon of my life kind of thing. <laughs> um, and so I, they mentioned it in there that it happens periodically and stuff. But obviously they never made it there in that one.
1: I have to be honest with you. I had a really tough time with this scene, not the end of it. Right. I, obviously, that was that was really the, the – it was like shot. when they fire off the pyrotechnics in the ACDC concert, right? Like, Yay. Right. Who doesn't like it? But uh, <laughs> I had a lot of trouble. I remember pausing it to go get a refreshing beverage and about halfway through that scene. and I remember feeling like, okay, I get that they're laying it on thick because we really want to get her – we want her to have super revenge, not right. just great." Right. But I felt like this episode, we had gotten this promise that this season was going to be the women, a focus on the women and hopefully them taking power back in some way. Right. Not all, not no promises, but that was the idea. Mm-hmm. And then this episode was very frustrating to me in that sense. I was very aware of the fact that we had uh, the wildling woman knifed in the neck and then right up at the camera. Right uh uh gasping like a fish out of the tank Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then we had uh what's her name the Greyjoy, who's right who's struggling to have uh legitimacy as a leader Mm -hmm. and feels constantly uh you know undermined which is true uh we saw marjorie having to to be completely subjugated and pretend
0: yeah yeah,
1: and then now we have this whole thing where they were just – I felt like it was um, it was really uncomfortable. It's like the way I feel when I'm around dude bros mm-hmm. that talk in very callous, sexist way and make jokes. I get really right. com- uncomfortable about it. I was kind of – I was raised by my mom. You know what I mean? I just, right. I, get, I don't like that. So – when those when those calls were going around talking about how they were going to serial rape her and all this stuff and they were being really graphic and right. rude and condescending to her, I just was not. I certainly was not enjoying myself, and it wasn't even like I was enjoying the idea that they were going to get their comeuppance. Right, right. so sort of like, I don't you, even. First yeah. of all,
0: you knew that was coming. Yeah. Well, because some yeah, at some point here, and it was just. You're right. It was weird. It was almost like they. Didn't know whether we disliked them enough. And they were like, we right. need to make these guys really super unlikable so that you're really happy when this happens. And it just, it was just awkward enough that it was like, why is this thing going on for quite as long as it is?
1: And yeah, they threw up a C word, man.
0: Right. Like,
1: why do yeah. we need a medieval C word and and uh, and also, yeah. Two episodes ago, they had that comic relief moment where they're arguing about the five important, most important things in life. Or <laughs> right. So, yeah. Right. They did not paint this call, the one in general, the, yeah. the
0: Drogo you know,
1: dro- light. <laughs> they didn't paint him in a particularly sadistic way. Right. And it, it's helpful to, but at the same time, they could have in 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 a fraction, and I shouldn't say this being. Uh, participant in a very long podcast generally but you know (laughs) they could have been very efficient in how they handled a reminder to the viewer yeah that these these are a a brutal a brutal uh male dominated society they could have just you know as they started business someone could have grabbed her by the hair and dragged her to the center of the room and thrown her on the ground right or you know there could have been some sort of very simple broadcasting of how much she was not considered a valid equal. Right. She's not the same species as them. Yeah. Even though she was a former you know, she's a widow of a call. Right. Which was a which is a point they kept trying to hammer home. You think that gives you status, but actually it's it's not. And on top of that, you since you ran away, it's even worse. Right.
0: Yeah, I was really surprised at quite how awkward that entire last scene was. It just like compared to the the emotion and the elegance of, like, Jon Snow and Sansa meeting and how subtle that scene was with Tormund staring at Brienne and the way Brienne talked to... I mean, that entire scene felt hundreds of times more effective than this last scene up until, like, the last two minutes of it kind of thing. Agreed. But Um, the last two minutes were good. They were
1: fantastic, and (laughs) it was a neat callback to the first season... Yeah. But in a much more dramatic fashion because all the clans were there to visit, to witness it. Right. So do you think, so obviously we saw that the door was barred. Mm -hmm. So she had the help. But also, do you think that she also had the floors all, like, that they slicked the floors with oil?
0: Yeah, they had to have retreated that. Yeah. Yeah, the way the, the fire moved and the way they showed it moved they showed it moved my past tenses or combining right. together with my present tense um it definitely felt like they had prepped it ahead of time yeah and it was pretty clear that the ro- the rest of the dash Kaleen were in on it with that i yes.
1: think well no 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 i don't think so do you think so because they know. were standing around kind of wide-eyed like holy crap what's happening I well, felt like it was just her. Well, the, her, I remember.
0: mean, the Dosh Killeen, the the widows, not the Dothraki.
1: That's what I'm because saying. Because I, I thought the other widows were kind of like, oh crap. Well, I think audience. at
0: least the the other one, the older lady, was in on it because they showed those two guards that had been killed outside, and there's no way that that new girl that went to, on the pee walk with her did that. And it was pretty clear oh, okay. that Dario and and Jora were just off screwing around in the alley somewhere. Because <laughs> they didn't do anything to help her get out. <laughs> I did appreciate the idea that
1: the stab wound would have been uh a something warranting investigation, but if we bludgeoned the body the, the chest cavity into, into into chili, it'll be okay. Yeah. That'll be all right. With in that. that society. He looked at that one the wrong way and he became chilly. That's reasonable. Right. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so the big scene, her knocking over the the things and and uh, and lighting the fire inside, and them all burning alive, and then she walks out. Um, one of the things I thought was a really great scene is um, we've been wanting we've been wanting Daenerys to take a little bit more of that that back. Mm-hmm. Like we wanted to see her take the. <laughs>
0: it was at this point that something rose from the sea and all hands were lost to the depths. The podcast ends here with our conclusion that the episode was excellent but sadly the recording did not finish recording our thoughts about quite how excellent the last of the episode was. So we'll do a quick little recap for next week's when we record more than likely but in the meantime we'll let you go now with what we have ready to release to the new world next week should be pretty interesting we're going to record our thoughts on the episode immediately after watching it so that everything will be fresh and exciting as always if you'd like to get a hold of us you can go to robot-cracken.com for all the news and updates you can email us at salty at robot com, or you can get a hold of us on social media. Our Twitter handle is at Robot Kraken. If you'd like us to be found by more nerds, review us on iTunes, subscribe. If you'd like to listen to it directly, you can go to deeplydapper.com to stream or download episodes. While you're there, check out the appearances page, where you can find out where you can see us in person. I'll be at Crypticon in Seattle, Washington next, and then Salt Lake Gaming Con in Salt Lake City, Utah after that. You can also go to the store link, where eventually we'll have our sweet, sweet robot kraken and standard nerd goods up on there. But for now, there's all sorts of cool other nerdy stuff. It's all handmade by my wife and I. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of Tom directly, you can also follow him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at trdl, or you can email him at tom, T-H-O-M, at thirdraildesignlab.com. For me, you can go to deeplydapper on Twitter. That's my username there and most other social media sites. Or you can email me directly, deeplydapper, at gmail.com. That brings this episode of standard nerd goodness to a close. We're going to sink back into our depths and put the Kraken back in its cage. And we'll see you next week, everyone. Thanks for listening. i watch you send it.